Mr. Jake. What? No one would have believed the early years of the 21st century that our planet was being watched by cruel eyes. Is that how the script went? What are you talking about? What movie is this? War of the Worlds. The one, the Steven Spielberg one? The Steven Spielberg one. Where Tom Cruise. Pretty much the whole ending is just uh, Tom Cruise, Dakota Fanning, and that guy with the shovel. In the, <laughs> Tim in Robbins. the basement. Yeah. Wasn't he base. from Ghostbusters? In the basement. No, he's from Shawshank. Shawshank, that's what I meant. Starring and they're in the basement, Freeman. and then they have to run away Starring from aliens. And then, yeah. And then uh, that guy. And spoilers for people who Justin are really Chowin. interested in <laughs> War of the Worlds. I remember watching that in 2005. It's pretty depressing. This is a good topic to start on because our friend Frank Arland actually. Um, oh, by the way, this podcast episode, no music. Yeah, no music. No Nothing. guests. Just you and me. Just back to Natchy. Back to Natchy. Yeah, nothing. We have we have nothing planned. And Morgan Freeman. And Morgan. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> we have uh, orange juice because it's so hot. Yeah, it's terrible. So tell me about the hotness, Jake. The hotness. The five hundred. What was that like? What do you want to know? From Men in Black. Uh, new hotness. Yeah. Pitch black. Six hundred man. Don't you want to stand? What you thought it wouldn't come again? Leave you hanging with the bringing you the fun again? You know something. Dun, something dun, with dun, the aliens. The with the aliens coming. come again. And Mind your man. It's all the black suits running in. Nod your head. The black suits coming. So <laughs> well, well aliens there. Aliens you know, the world. Talk about quite a few times. He said that if Will Smith was cast as Neo as he was supposed to be, as he was supposed to be, in as he was the supposed Matrix, to be. Yeah. Was. Remember when you talked about how... It was either him, apparently it was either him or Johnny Depp. One second. Okay, yeah. Apparently it was either him or Johnny Depp. Really? Mm, yeah. Johnny Depp I still could see, I think. The funny thing is a lot of people say like, oh, you know, like, I couldn't see that totally. But sometimes you never know. You no, never you know. You never know. That's one thing about uh, talking of like when, especially now with the internet age. The internet age. Yeah, the internet age. You can... There's so much information going at you, and there's always news and always rumors about new movies and productions and what they're doing. Well, you can't just. Uh, no, I was just want to talk about that. We that you no, said that. Well, well, you can't. You know, everybody seems to like complaining about that, mm -hmm. me included. But um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. It's just funny. You sound funny though. Why? How do I sound funny today? Because your voice is a little different. Because you know, I guess I don't know your vocal or something, and you're like. Me included. Me it's included. fine. Nothing bad. I'm just I saying, still sound like different. a child, though. It's unfair. I still don't get that it's child unfair. thing. It's unfair. I still understand what you're talking about. Well, it's just... I mean, you, you went through you puberty, hear right? You don't so hear that done. I sound like... Maybe I should breathe a little bit more so I can get more oxygen. Hey. Every time I breathe, <sighs> I, have, talk I can use my... About stuff. Exactly. But, like, so it doesn't sound like I'm reserving my air. Yeah. Air wind well, I blow. think the problem is that we, for some reason, think that... Uh, I always think that I'm going I'm, to I'm pop a, well, no, the filter. That's why. That's why I'm always reserving. Popping, but I'm, I'm afraid. That's why of I'm this. always reserving my I'm breath. Of this stuff. Yeah. I'm afraid of like, for example, if I take a drink or something, people are like oh, taking a drink. I can hear everything. Listen. <laughs> like that. See, but I, I think that, that it really doesn't matter to be honest, because I bet if you're listening, for example, in the car or with headphones, that I think that half the sounds in the background are. You don't hear, you know, and who cares anyway? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay, so back to the two unfinished topics that I was talking about. Before you start, I just want to say that 
Remember we talked about how if Will Smith was cast. As I was Neo? gonna come to that, but okay. at the begin- like we were, we just moved to me talking about how information is so widespread and varied yeah, that people have, people are able to express their opinions willy nilly. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, temporary temporary gain, temporary talk. Like there's a lot of timely talk. You know, you don't have to think about what you're writing. Just like you, just like when you're talking to normal friends, yeah. you don't have to think about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of that kind of thing going on now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. just a natural thing that happens. But see, when I said it happens, I'm so used to not going s, so I don't pop the microphone, and I shouldn't be doing that. I should really just let it go. Let I it think go. it really. I think it doesn't matter. I mean, this where you're being careful, like you're saying. Yeah, I'm being. I'm always being careful. When it I know. Comes I don't know why. I th- I think I'm gonna have to blame these microphones. Mostly Probably. because it seems unnatural having to so. What stuff if I your just face. go a little bit further back, huh? Like, cause this, I would because this because you want me. You I always. Would, everybody keeps telling me that I should. Everybody, keep, one person, one Dawson. person, Dawson Vosberg, who was in our one episode with dragons. Because I like to just talk over here, maybe like see, just okay, if I fine, I'll try, like this, I'll but try. No, I, but I think this is maybe way that's too better quiet. because then I can actually say and not have to worry about this thing popping. Because like this feels natural, like talking. Because I can move my head around. But I bet if you listen to it, it's probably like I sound like in a little boxy room. Okay, enough complaining. Go back. I'm not complaining. Let's go back to Will Smith. Saying that these are circumstances. Will Smith from Tested.com. Will Smith. (laughs) He can cook pizzas. I know. Okay, Will Smith. Right. Let's do this. Will Smith. Will Smith. Okay, I was gonna say you said. Remember, if he was cast as an Eho, that they're probably if they didn't if they like if the I don't know Wachowski brothers or the creators or whatever. um, If they didn't care, then maybe Wachowski brothers. Oh then, right, Wachowski uh, <laughs> siblings. If they didn't care about Will Smith doing a song, he probably would have a song. Oh yeah, with the agents in the background. Yeah, the agents, the Matrix in- unison. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, I look like Neo, but I'm not, not the, the one. one, or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I gotta go to the Oracle, Oracle, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, <laughs> yo ho, smell I would, you later. I wouldn't be surprised. And it's just a very different film, probably. Magical Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some. Issues before we issues, huh? start about something. We have no topic, so it's just us rambling yeah. again. So if you don't like that, you can switch it off now. But if you have an hour to spend with us, you can gladly listen. So we're going to talk about some... We're going to read some messages. And Tim's not here, so I'm going to read it myself. Mm, yeah. Especially since some of them are more directed to me of anything, because I got a response from that one episode where I'm just talking to myself. And I also want to apologize, if at all, to a stupid little thing I said last year. Last year? <laughs> a stupid little thing I said last episode when we were talking about E3, which I'm sure many of you probably weren't very interested in because, you know, not much of a video game fanatic, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming that if even if you were, you wouldn't like it anyway because you'd think, what, these people are talking so primitively. Why aren't they talking about their controls? Why aren't they complaining about companies? Stupid, insipid. So I think we didn't please anybody in that round. In that round. Why well, we're just just being honest, just saying what we think, just saying what we think. I guess that's couldn't ask for any more. I I, I assume. So I want to apologize to Avi Arad, <laughs> just uh, just as a. <laughs> did you did you did you, did you faint or something or? <laughs> No, I mean, <laughs> just as a. Huh. No, I'm just trying to remember how to say this. As a, uh, 
as a precaution, I just want to say that... Why don't you just though, say, how about no precaution? Why don't you just say, like, like Tavi, just I, generally, I don't want to apologize. And I remember it mentioning Hans Zimmer's music back in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Again, I just have to reiterate, whenever we talk about movies or talk about people's involvement in the movies and actually maybe take a few licks at them, that doesn't really mean personally on any level at all. It just means that this is sort of sort of our impression based on someone we don't know personally. Yeah. And uh, were that to change... Things would be a little bit different, I would say. But I also want people to understand that, you know, because that is not the case, does it feel like we should take the liberty to, you know, to talk like that about people or not? That's the question. But I always feel like it's it should be taken as with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately I think those people are already in the public sphere. And I think that when they are and they do stuff publicly, and there's a lot of things like when you present your work to basically everyone, you know, when people make a film, when someone makes a movie, I don't think they're saying like, oh, here's the movie and it's exempt from criticism. You know what I mean? I think that they know the people who made the film or anyone who makes anything you put out there. Uh, I think you know that it's open to criticism from anyone, you know. So I, I think that it's in, a, in in one sense, I think it's okay. Yeah. So, but another sense, obviously, you know, uh, I wouldn't, you know, go on and say something like, you know, that person is stupid. Why? Because he did this. That's why he's dumb. It's yeah. Like, like what's his name? The director of um, Boondock Saints. Remember that? Yeah. The whole that whole. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Documentary, um, which I rather like. What's it called? Overnight. Yeah. So what's that guy's name? Duffy, something like that. Duffy was Troy the last. Duffy. Troy Duffy. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty interesting, I thought. Troy um, Duffy? Yeah. Yeah, but again, I think you, you don't like director. You don't know the person, uh, and the documentary shows the person. The documentary in specific called, light. The documentary called Overnight, which you might be interested in if you like movies yeah. and movie making. It's, shows you a little bit of the ugly side, but it also shows you some parts that you should be used to if you're if you want to make movies. Just be prepared for stuff like this. Though you shouldn't have an attitude like Troy Duffy had back when he was doing Boondock Saints 1. Yeah, probably not. That's, it's, that's what it seems like, at least, from the from the documentary. But anyway, yeah. So it connects as well, because he was like, Keanu Reeves, I won't work with him ever at all. <laughs> Hangs up. So yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know. But that's it's... not how we are. We're just, Aviarad, what a character. Yeah. That's about it. And I'm, we're not saying, and I have to say, even even though he said something like that, Aviarad is definitely, he has a purpose, and he's there, and he's... Just one of the cogs in the in the machine that makes it run. In a good way. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's running. Yeah. So that's exactly. obviously positive. And Hans Zimmer, same, you know, like, same thing. There's a lot of scores that I love that Hans Zimmer's done. But, you know, nowadays, getting a little lax. What can I say? I have to be honest about this. Even though he is capable of great things. Yep, like Lion King. And still is. There's Lion King, there's Prince of Egypt, there's... The Rock, there's, uh, what was it, Hunt for Red October, I think he did that one. Or, um, and then he did uh, The Peacemaker, which is one of the big ones. Cole Peacemaker! <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, from Back um, Which sort of established his style. Really? Yeah. Did he do, um, did he do that movie, uh, The Rock? Yeah, that's what I said, The Rock. You said The Rock, so I was chomping on ice. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. used that in our Midnight Plague movie from 2006. That movie was, was that movie we borrowed like, the score. Yeah, the completely just the suite. Yeah. We and stole it. And now it's to now be now honest, it's Midnight Plague. To be honest, I'm just going to be a little biased here and say I think it worked more on our 26-minute short no-budget film Midnight Plague than it did in The Rock. Mm, I guess, but that's because we got used to it though. Because we got used to it, we put it in the movie. Actually, my friend Michaela, 
who was on our podcast once talking about Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah, like, she watched The Rock with her brother Yeah, maybe two weeks ago. And she said it was very strange hearing that music. Because <laughs> of a plague. Probably. But also because she's, she also said that it kind of didn't fit huh. in Did she see Minute Plague It was a little first? too fantasy. Kind of felt like Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Okay. Which is another score I would love to talk about because, oh, love-hate relationship there. I think, yeah, that's pretty And speaking of movie scores, as you all know, I'm one who listens to uh, orchestral movie scores by composers and classical music occasionally, jazz music, and the like. So it's always really rare when I get to talk about that sort of thing because Jake and Tim usually... Take up the spotlight, not in a bad way. That's great that you yeah, guys do. Yeah, because we both have really similar tastes. Yeah, so you guys are just you, and know, you don't know what we're talking about. Whiplashing yeah. all these different names that I have no clue whatsoever about. Yeah, I'm trying to catch up, but it's really difficult for me. But I mean, if you don't like the music per se, <sighs> that's a big thing. I think you know? it's probably not if you don't like the really... movies, you don't have to watch the movies. If you don't like the music, the you don't have to listen to the the, the movies. Rich Evans. Ah, uh, let's see. I think it's like uh... if you don't like the mu- movies, well, yeah. why, why would you? Why, yeah. The the Moopies. <laughs> Red, Red Letter Media. Red Letter Media. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Red what we're talking about. So let's see. Uh, right, so there you go. There's your apology. There's my apology. There's me talking about movie scores. And speaking of which, you know what I did this week? Nope. I listened to the entire How to Train Your Dragon 2 ah. film score by jo- John Powell. By Joel Powell. Joel Powell. John, John Powell. Powell. Oh, let me, okay, now let me see. Let me test my musical. Let me tell you. No, my musical okay. score Go skills. For it. John Powell, I can tell you what he composed in what the past. Composed? How to Train a Dragon 1. Clearly. Good work. Okay, and then he also did. John Powell, John Powell. I think he did a lot of scores, didn't he? <laughs> yes. He's pretty well known, I think. He's getting there, yeah. He's, he's getting, getting there. more. Like, there's differences in well known. Give me the first there's, letter. There's, no, like, there's different. Um, departments where he's well known among film score people who are at least vaguely interested or film fans who are vaguely interested in that sort of mm-hmm. thing he's known okay you is, know what i mean is then he... there's other then there's an even more specific one about people who love film scores just film scores more than they do the, the movies music. you know yeah. the movies uh there's other composers for example like christopher leonard's who is not well known among people who generally like movies and are interested in a general sense about movie scores. No one knows so who people Christopher don't know. is. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, you do because of me. No, but I only know one movie he did, though, which is the Lord of, Rings, Lord of the Rings animated movie. That's Leonard Roseman. Whoa, I'm a little off there. Yeah, you're a little off. And Leonard Roseman died. Oh. Really huh. sad. And you're talking about Christopher... Leonard's. Sounds similar. Okay. I, yeah. Okay, give me some movies. That, Christopher Leonard's did? Yeah. Um, Christopher Leonard's is known. I, was, I wanted to talk about How to Train Your Dragon. Okay, too. John Powell. Let me finish my John Powell thing. Give me a movie letter that he did. The letter, the first letter of a movie that he did, other than How to Train a Dragon. S. This is a co. Okay, John Powell. This is a co. Uh, co. Uh, operation. Did he do Elf? That's John Debney. No. That's what I'm thinking. John Debney. John Debney is not John the Powell. Composer who is pretty. John good Debney at being... is one of my favorite uh, famous composers. I think the favorite. But isn't he one of the most versatile composers? That's why John I like Debney, him so yeah. much because he is really good at making up themes when he has to. He's really good at making up different flavors for movies uh, for the movies, um, based on their genre, and what he is assigned to do. And he's great at imitation, and he's great at doing his original things. That's what I like John Debney for, and he's getting more popular and more sought after. So now it's kind of like, uh, 
there goes my chance of working with John Debney, especially since he's getting all these great projects, which okay. is good for him, but not what, for me. What about John Powell? John Powell is more Just, famous I, than John I Debney, think I would say. Okay, John Powell did a bunch of stuff for DreamWorks. Oh. Ever since the beginning, I think at the be, you know, he, Ice Age. Well, that's not DreamWorks, it's Blue Sky, but yeah, Ice Age, <laughs> he did he did Ice Age 2, not Ice Age 1. Ice Age 1 was done oh. by uh, Thomas Newman. If it's not Thomas Newman, it's John Newman. If it's not John, New- John Newman, it's, it's Steve Thomas Newman. Newman's There's a lot Randy of Newman's. Newman's brother. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm just coming here to confuse everyone with all these names. Um, but it was a Newman who did the first Ice Age, which was nice. Remember the music that they Newman used? from Seinfeld. Dun, 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 yeah, I thought there was a band dun, dun, that did that. That, that, that. that's the song, yeah. That's sort of like the song that people know it for. Dun, 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 but there's also, but the music oh, is... What was that? The theme. So the first one? Mm-hmm. Was it this? Because um, I can only think of the second one, which is John No, 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 sing the second one. First one's like this. That's in bed. I know. It's on purpose because I can't think of Sinbad. Ice Age. Huh, do you remember it at all? Is it sad? It's kind of sad, isn't it? There's a good There's a good track in there. There's a really good track. I sound like Harrison Ford now. Huh, I really can't think. No, of there's a really good track. See, that's the funny thing. I want to. I want to get this out. Okay, maybe this whole. Maybe this. Maybe that's our topic today. That's the first that's the one. First, one. First one. No, that's really? the second one. Was it little little creatures? Yeah, that's a good only one though. Saw, only saw that once. Only saw that movie once in the cinema, and I don't want to watch it ever again. Yeah, it's not very good. First but, one's pretty. No, good. I just want to say that's a difference okay. with what me. What you want to say? You find that's a, a difference with me. Okay, see, like I love movies. Everybody knows I love movies, but the point is that I'm looking at it on a perspective of a filmmaker more than I'm doing as a movie mm-hmm, watcher. Yeah. So, as or like, and more as a critic slash movie maker as opposed to a movie watcher slash critic. Yeah. Because I'm always talking about the flaws, the, the things that I see when I watch a movie. You know, that bug bug me. Like for example, we're talking about shutter speed. Who's going to talk about yeah, that? Yeah. Talk about exposure rates. Who's going to talk about that? Undercranking, overcranking. That's shutter speed. Sorry, what? Um, editing and then acting. You know, but on a on well, a different level. Like other people can look at a, a piece of you know, like they can look at a scene and they can say that acting wasn't very good. But for us, it was like that acting wasn't very good. Why? Because of the beats. Because of this. Because of the way they were. Uh, you know, like the way it was expressed and the the way the angles were used, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, I'm always critical about these things, but the, the funny thing is that I enjoy it as well. So, so when I'm always talking about movies or upcoming movies, it's hard for me to go, oh, it's so cool, I can't wait for that. I would love to do that, but it, it seems like for me it always is a little bit like I feel I feel undermined in, all the time. Hopefully that will change. Maybe you just got to make a movie first, and then you'll feel a lot better about yourself. Probably. I think I think that's I think that's the key. That's the key. Because then then I would be so happy to tell people how good their movies are. <laughs> yeah, but why can't you Probably. do that now too? It's really difficult because I always feel like people think once I acknowledge something, they will think that I don't like saying this, but like like, what? It's like the best ever. It'll, or yeah, that it'll be it's it, it's above me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, it was so awesome! And then I'm, I'm with everybody else saying, saying it's all awesome, and you know, you're just part of the crowd now. But I think there's nothing bad about saying it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's not, and I want to be supportive, whatever. Yeah. The, but you know, it's the there's so many factors that tie into that. Like there's my personal uh, feelings about uh, you know being uh, being. 
pushed into a crowd, into a mass of population saying, yeah. of saying the same thing. And then there's uh, the other thing where the movie's so big, it doesn't matter how much you're going to compliment it because they're not going to listen to you anyway. <laughs> yeah, right? Unless you know them personally, that's a ho- totally different ballgame. I would be completely all over everything if I knew all these people personally. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's not to say I don't like the movies that I'm watching now. I definitely like the movies I'm watching now. You know what I mean? Like, buy it, and I'm going to say it was great. You should watch it. You know? Plus what because, more would you want me to say? Because, you know what I mean? you know, let's say we're talking about blockbusters. The and scale, blockbusters the scale are, even, the are, are, are even bigger. Yeah. But I'm saying the scale of the movies are so you know huge, and yeah. the market they reach is so vast. Yes. It's like blockbusters are such in a, such, such a special category um, mm-hmm. where... It, to me, it almost feels like I get the impression that the creators of the movie and the people involved really don't care that much what people think in a way. You know, like, it's, well, that's it's not really going to affect do. them, I think. Well, they do, but I'm saying, if like... If they read it, they do. Okay, I'm, I'm not talking about critics. I'm talking about, like, fans, for example. I don't know. It just To me, it seems like sometimes it's not going to really affect them so much mm-hmm. in terms of... It, it seems like there's a bigger, like, a bigger... Well, I know. Like, there's, they're always surrounded by There's people. a bigger zone of, of kind of, like... But, yeah, like, there's a thicker layer yeah, for them yeah. to be whereas, able to... Where, whereas if you're a smaller film and you're just trying to get it out there, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be sensitive, yeah. like anyone who creates something well, of I, I can critique. tell you, I can pretty much tell you why that is, because these big movies are always surrounded by people who are Hollywood insiders and yeah. in the business forever and their business. So men. I don't know for, for me, and was, all these people that will help you get through these things. So you but for me, then it feels like, like the movie then gets comments. a special, like uh, it gets a little bit of a different category. So that means yeah. it kind of allowed to critique it more. That's what it feels like to me because like, it's so huge. But then so again, big. look at Mark Kermode. He critiques everything equally. That's good. I agree with that. But that's, but you're trying to say now that you're allowed to critique say it more, right? Yeah. be more critical over these blockbusters than you are over other films right? other films hmm, yeah maybe my my thesis isn't very good it's difficult it's a little it's a little tricky it's a little slippery slope because yeah. it's true that you should be equally critical of both but you also know that the bigger the movie is as we watched listen to peter jackson say just a few yeah. days ago he's like the bigger the budget the the more the compromises, the more the more compromises you have to make. But then again, I also have to say that you have to which is which I think is partially true because I mean, there's always oh, I'm sure difficult. it's there's always different. So it, I, every movie's made differently. It's a lovely dog in the background. No, I was going to say, but, but then again, at the same time, when you're watching uh, lower budget movies, I think that one of the reasons why I'm prone not to critique it as much is because it feels almost mean where you realize, okay, these people let's say didn't have as the means necessarily. Yeah, I know. It's I so know. much like huge blockbusters. It almost feels like. They have really very few excuses, you know. When there's such a huge budget, there's so many people working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're kind of expected to be really good. You expect a standard from that. You know what I mean? When it doesn't meet That's that standard, right. then you go, "Oh, you know, it's cheesy." It's yeah. Dumb. And the other thing about standard is when I critique something, or mm-hmm. when I t- when I review something, or when I like so maybe something. Maybe I'm coming from. When I like something. I have a set standard, especially when it comes to acting. I'm sure many people heard me talk about movies and I rarely mention acting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just because I'm expecting a standard because yeah. I know that all the actors that they pick for these movies that I usually watch, which I mentioned before, like blockbustery films, yeah. bigger movies, like with a more engrossing sort of wholesome storyline, I guess, something like that, you know, that kind of feeling. Um I have, a, you know, like a very visible line standard for yeah. acting. And there almost always is a rare occasion where someone doesn't act as well. Everybody is doing 
their best yeah. work and when it comes to all the, the acting why they're professional actors exactly which is why I usually don't mention oh the acting was so good because yeah. I would sound like a broken record yeah so if, I guess where I'm coming from is let's say I would compare it similarly to let's say listening to a band let's say they're starting out and let's say they recorded some demos right and they put it up on the internet like I'm not going to critique the production quality of the music I'm going to pay attention to the music you know similarly for example with a big blockbuster that production level is huge, you know what I mean? So I think that they should meet a standard. Whereas, for example, with, let's say, a local band, I'm not going to be like, oh, this production sucks. It's like, that's not really the point, you know what I mean? Yep. Their, their situation is different, you know? Versus, let's say, a professional band under a label. You're expecting, you know, a certain amount of production quality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In terms of, yeah. let's say, the yeah. sound, right? Yes. Whereas in movies, the story was, let's say, separate from the production quality in terms of, you know, lighting or or pacing yeah. and stuff like that, you know, kind of like the cinematographers get away with so much. Yeah, so that's why I think when you we see something wrong in a in a big blockbuster movie, you know, it's it's much more noticeable because Yeah, but the, the ball compromises you have to take. Well, I know, but but I mean like it's I'm seems, just I'm just playing a little devil's advocate. I know, devil's I know okay. but I, I you know, know I don't I don't know a ton about this, but I'm just saying like that's kind of like what it feels what it feels like. And it's so funny we always keep talking about that, but that's because I feel like every time I'm saying something bad about something, people usually think that I'm taking it personally or you know, like like you mean uh, personally in a sense or I'm where, trying to be this this this, you know, this holier than thou person yeah. who's trying to say, "Oh, I'm better than this because of that." It's just it's it's not it's not it's not true. It's not. Speaking of The Room, it's a great movie. I love it. The Room, man. I can't <laughs> believe that's still playing Like in LA. Doesn't it still show like yeah. every week or something? I didn't. I never hit you. After 10 years. <laughs> it's just, we're playing The Room again. You Yay. come into the showing? Have you, Bring your sporks. Man, if if you know about The Room, spoons. you should go on YouTube and you should look up Room Screening. Oh, right, yes, right, yes, the room yes, yes. Screening. Especially the, the pivotal moment. Oh, yes. Your the lines. classic lines. Yeah. You know, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh, and so every, everyone knows all the lines. It, it's so beautiful hearing that. They're like an army. You're tearing me apart, but Lisa. I don't think. Could, could you handle going to one? I couldn't I, handle yeah, it. I couldn't handle it. But then it's too much. Maybe five minutes people talking as well no the whole no everyone talks the entire yeah, movie yelling and it's just eating yeah. popcorn and throwing right. stuff at the screen guess what we segued so far ahead and i was just talking about movie scores we were talking about john powell and Dra- okay, <laughs> how to train your dragon movies, 2 so. which okay, we can't watch because ahead. after we go to our high-tech studio yeah to go back to croatia and in croatia they don't have well the thing is they're starting and they're starting to change this which maybe can we talk a little about this maybe kind Do of like it. dubbing fine but I want to go back to the soundtrack okay let's talk about the dubbing after we talk about soundtrack. no talk about the dubbing now okay, yeah, we've been sidetracking that... so long we'll okay. just keep going so I, I guess um, in recent years let's say in some European countries let's say in more western European countries they tend to dub movies right and yeah. television shows are dubbed movies are dubbed to standard right? yeah like uh, in Germany slash right. Austria it's a or Switzerland too because they speak German. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's the same in France. Yeah, but I'm just saying in our case because that's the experience we have. Yeah, uh, it's been traditionally dubbed since like the 80s, 70s. In Austria, I mean, for example. Yeah, yeah, 60s. They've just and been they dub doing dubbing they all dub, the time, they and they're shows, pretty films. good at it, to be honest. I think it's very natural. It's something very rare when it comes to dubbing. I would say so. The only thing is that you always, the voices, it seems like they have like a certain amount of Yeah, they have like actors. 12 people. <laughs> That's it. And so Marty McFly sounds exactly the same as Doc Brown. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, from different movies, they sound like the same people. I agree. Um, but yeah, so here, let's say in a country like Croatia, they traditionally, uh, they have not dubbed movies. No, they Live haven't. action movies have just never been dubbed. It was just subtitled. 
And it still has. It still has. I'm so happy about that because it's so great. You can go to the cinema, you don't have to worry about it. And I All I have to worry about are the subtitles. Right, which is, that's fine. I think yeah. you kind of forget about them. Um, but in, recent, small in recent years, they've been dubbing um, an animated films because yes. they're intended for younger audiences. Who can't read because they're stupid. Well, not necessarily. I mean, like what eight-year-olds can read. But, but it's just that I guess that the whole idea is just to make it more immersive or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, you know, more natural. Um, but yeah, so, and, and it used to be the case where uh, an anime movie would come out and it'd be its original language, you know, and the dub version. Yeah, they had a double uh, choice. Yeah. Double choice. A double choice. <laughs> and, then, and then around what, like a year or two ago, they just started just kind of, I guess the studios, I have no idea who's in charge of this. Yeah, it's difficult to But tell. it's just starting to be just very much exclusively dubbed. Which yeah, you is can't scary watch. because then it's going to later be, you know, who knows, live action films are going to be oh, dubbed no. and it's just going to be bad. And, you know, I think but even that's the thing, Tim it's because said, like, usually our experience with watching Croatian movies dubbed is that, it, unfortunately, it's not very... I mean, we don't have a ton of experience. Like we've just seen like trailers and stuff, but it's like it just feels like the acting style isn't doesn't working. seem like it matches so much. No, but I understand there'd be an argument as well on the opposite side saying that it's more tuned to like you know have yeah yeah it's a, a local just a different style local you know, tastes. But anyway, but I think my opinion on the entire dubbing situation in the world, I think would be sweet, which is not going to happen. No. But I think it'd be really brilliant if just, if cinema chains uh, would show dub movies. I have nothing against dub movies. I think it's completely fine. If you want to watch a movie localized, you know, go ahead. That's great. But I still think that any movie should be shown at least, you know, a couple show times in its original language, you know? I'm not talking about English exclusive, I'm talking about any language. Yes, you know? same with in, in America. Exactly. So if a French film comes in, you know, like me talking about France all the time, a French film comes in, uh, I think that it should be, if they're going to dub it, cool, but I think there should be at least a couple of showtimes in its original yes, language. Yes, so then, yes, With subtitles, you know. That would so, be nice if they yeah. actually had that as some kind of a universal sort of rule. Yeah, you know, it, even like, I'm, ser- I'm serious, like just even like one showtime, I'm just saying just something, yep. yes, you know, just yep. something so people who really want to go out watching the original language can. Which was our case with the uh, Monsters yeah, exactly. University, which many people are still kind of on the fence about, <laughs> still, which is I, weird. I have to be honest, I don't get that. I don't get it either. I don't know either. Watched, I watched it three times already since it came out yeah. last year, and I still don't get it. No, you, still, it, you still don't get what... But yeah, I still don't, generally I, I still don't people get don't why like people it. don't like it so much. I have no idea. I mean, it's not the, one of the best Pixar movies, but it is a Pixar movie. And I, that's what I think about it. Because yeah. I think people think that it, it doesn't feel like a Pixar movie. Where's yeah, that Pixar I magic? That. But then I would just, I would, I would rebuttal, I would rebut with, is that a word? Rebut? Yeah, I think so. Uh, with, but. you know, what about, uh, you know, Brave? Did I feel like a Pixar movie? I you think know? they would say the same thing. They would say, they would like say oh, this is the decline of Pixar. <laughs> It's just, it's just. My trust is broken. Now. My trust is ah, famous Dawson Vosburgh. The only, the only Pixar movie like we we haven't seen is Cars two, and I really don't want to yeah. see it. But yeah, I mean, like, so we were saying with the case of monsters. With yeah. the case, with the case with monsters, uh, for some reason there was a couple of show times in English, and so. That but was that was cool. like secret. It was secret. really hard. Like, you were like looking of the through schedule. the show times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, what's this? It said monsters incorporated. And we were able to reverse monsters. monsters University. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 kind Mike of the, that situation, which is why we can't watch. Not we can't watch. Always just, watch. We don't really want to go watch. You know, a How to Train a Dragon in creation. Nothing against which it, is, but it's just yeah, like we don't and feel yeah, like going to watch We're back to How to Train a Dragon two, which is exclusively in creation. They don't have any American yeah. language. <laughs> American I language. I mean, we could go, but to me, again, it feels like you're not watching the full movie. That's nope. what it feels to me. Exactly. Know? 
Just like we used to watch uh, when we were 12 or whatever, we used to watch uh, Crouch and Dragon Dragon in English. Remember that dub? Yes, yes. All the time, and we were confused All beyond the time belief confused. because they, had, they, they condensed and yeah. changed the dialogue. And then we so finally much. watched Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon with subtitles Properly, and its original Mandarin. Yeah. Totally understood everything. And then all the subtitles are just, just you know, <laughs> transcript of the script. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming, so, so that's why, yeah, dub movies, not, not, yeah. not a big fan. Yeah, but again. It's totally cool. If you like watching them, if I, you like it, go ahead. In certain man. cases, where I think it might be good, you know, yeah. sometimes let's say uh, Miyazaki movies. I don't know. Like we've, kind I think of, they we've did a pretty good job. Mostly in English. Anime is a different thing. topic. You think? I understand that people put Hayao Miyazaki and the Studio Ghibli movies up there okay. as one of the greatest, you know, things, which is true in a sense. I, I have to agree. It's very well done. Most yeah. of the movies. Um, but uh, I will say that because it's because of the animation style, because of the way that they are uh, presented, and the way that the Japanese uh, animation industry works, and how they've been taught through history, and how they train themselves, okay, just basically the animation culture. Yeah, there, it's a very conservative way of animation. You know. Yeah, I think so. what I always talk about with anime is that it's form over function. You know, yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, so uh, when you're dubbing something like that, most of the time the lip flaps aren't as specific as you would see in, let's say, a Western mm-hmm. animation or you know European animation. Well, generally, movie. I think the animation is like you said, yeah, conservative. Like, it's uh, if you it's, watch an American, if you watch like a Disney film, traditionally animated or a CG, but we're, for the sake of you know ex- examples, yeah. we're doing traditional. You can easily see. What mouth movements they're? Uh, oh yeah, you mean what uh, shapes yeah. of words? A- anime, including you know, studio <laughs> it's, all, it's just generic. It's a lot flaps. more vague. It's a lot more vague. Yeah. So it's easier to dub that over. Oh yeah, that's true. That was my point. I usually trail on a lot. Oh, so that was your point. Your point was that it's easier to dub. Hence, maybe the dubbed version looks it, better. Yeah, it isn't better. as terrible. Yeah. Which brings us back to how to train dragons. Yeah. Somehow we just kind dragons. of you know just. Kind of sneak it in there. So I'm not able to watch How to Train Your Dragon 2 until September or October, whenever the movie comes out. Unless the unless the cinema is just like sneaky. Yeah, they have a little sneaky, sneaky, sneak, sneaky, sneak going. I wish there was though an English speaking cinema like an Austrian. Remember, there's that one cinema used to go to a long time ago. I watched Bugs Life. Watched 1998. Yeah. Yep. That was fun. No, I didn't go. I think I don't remember. Anyway, maybe someday. Okay. So the music. So, the music. Uh, John Powell. Uh, back to John Powell. See, it's all going back. This whole um, podcast has to be called Powell. <laughs> the powers of Powell. So, John Powell, he did... He co-wrote Chicken Run, the score. Oh, I think it's the script. <laughs> no. Co-wrote Chicken Run with Harry Gregson Williams, who's another... Oh, yeah, I know. Pretty I prolific pro- composer. Solid. Yeah. See, we know him from Metal Gear Solid. Now, that's sort of like the primary thing. Harry Gregson Williams, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Even though he used to be part of Hans Zimmer's Remote Control Productions, yeah. which is now called... No, it used to be called Media Ventures, and now it's, it's called, called it's Remote called, Control called Productions. It's called Zimmer's Zimmer. Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he do that? Zimmer's Zimmer. Zimmer's Zimmer. Yeah, Zimmer's Zimmer. For those of you non-German-speaking people, Zimmer means room. So it's, it's Hans' it's room. True. It's true. Yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be pretty good. A little cheesy, though. But, but it's, media, it's better than remote control productions, which sounds like it's being made by automatons <laughs> and ghostwriters. China. Which it is. You see, again, see, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I know. But I it know. is It I'm is sorry, true, but it's still bit, a joke. I said it, yeah. is, it is made by ghostwriters and remote Oh, yeah. Cool. 
little subtle. We see, it's just like a, no, there's nothing bad about it, though. There's nothing yeah. bad if he's he, he's making money off of it. Everybody's happy. People are learning in this in the facility, et cetera, et cetera. I love yeah. apologizing. Can't help it. I just want to show you guys. I just want to show you that I'm not I'm not that bad of a guy. Not that bad. John all Powell. Right. John all Powell right. was also part of Media Ventures, so they all kind of stem from the same thing. And you can John really Powell. tell that with the mixes of the scores. Yeah. Harry Gregson, John Powell, Harry Gregson. It's Harry Gregson H. Williams. H. Gregson. Um, and John Powell and they have Nick Lenny mixes? Smith, but he's not doing uh, writing. Maybe they have similar anymore. mixers. Worked on Maybe the same I think mixer. they have the same because they learned through Hans Zimmer's School. Media Ventures production company. I sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So the approach is similar? So the approach is similar, okay. which is not bad at all. There's nothing wrong with this. It's just it, they have a very full sound. Very full. And I like it. I like the sound. But sometimes it's nice to hear more acoustic and more spready sound. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Um, so I listen to the soundtrack. That's the only thing I can listen to. Um, I don't mind spoilers too much. I'm not that amazed. Oh, yeah, sorry, you don't care that much. Spoilers. I don't care that much. But sometimes I do. If I really want to watch a movie, I really, I'd rather avoid spoilers. Like so tra- track thing. titles. Like track titles. I couldn't away, avoid so. this one in this case, How to Train Your Dragon 2. And I'm okay with that because I know it's going to take a while for me to watch and see. Just like toys reveal secrets, remember? Yeah, toys, action figures, secrets, and action figures. Yeah, can't do that. Just like oh, Why do they do that? episode one, know. the soundtrack to Star Wars Episode oh, One, yes. John Williams had came classic. out, and it came out like a week or so before Episode One, and it had a great track title, <laughs> Qui Gon's Noble End. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Totally doesn't give anything away. <laughs> we, didn't we get the soundtrack before the movie came out? No. Okay. But we were, no, that. because we were really late when the movie. Oh, yeah, we watched right. it in August in 1999. Oh, so we were like right at the edge. At yeah. the end. But back then, movies were in theaters longer, I think. Yeah, it right? seems like it. It's stupid dogs. It's Oliver and Company. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and they isn't, stop. Isn't like dog mating season or something? <laughs> There's a dog mating season. Isn't I don't know. There? I don't I think know. there is. I don't Whatever. know. This place is terrible. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, no, we're in our high tech studio. Yeah, what we're talking about. Girl. That was, I think, our assistant opened the door. Oh, they have a lot of pets, don't yeah. they? We're right. We're right next to the a pet, pet shop. Ma- yeah, is down below. Hence, the hair yeah. care for yeah. for for little doggies. Yeah. So, what'd you think of the music? Okay. Well, I thought you know the I think every, the first one, I think everybody. Start. Okay, so marginally better. Huh? Because I think it it he's good, expanded better over then. that. The first one was great. It, I thought the score. Yeah. I don't know what to say anymore. Um, tell me, give me some. Uh, let's say, what are some elements? Let's well, say he incorporated. I like the first. What do you track? change? To I this, like the first track because yeah? you're going back to the How to Train Your Dragon. The feel, the feel, the feel, all the flavor. motifs are being huh. put in back there at the beginning. So Is it, it a bit just of medley then starts there, and it's like a mature theme this time. It's like. Oh. It's like really good and has all the. Uh, there's a nice uh, cello, cello, yeah. right? Cello. See, I keep messing it up. I was going cello or cello. Yeah, but it's ch- okay. They 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 have more cellos doing a cellolo. Uh, what you call it? The vibrato. The uh, vibrato. Yeah, you mean mm-hmm. the the bending? I actually don't know. I think it's vibrato in a sense. Vibrato. There's two be, kinds. Um, there's tremolo. Tremolo is. Tremolo. Yes. Tremolo is. The sharp, um, yeah, that, that and then and then a lot more brass. There's more. There's more emphasis on the brass that comes in in intervals mm-hmm. whenever the whenever the primary strings are are making notes. And then when when they you know like there's usually like you know it goes bum 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 bum. 
You know, I love that stuff because I like it when people use variation. Hans Zimmer, unfortunately, has not been implementing this very much. Very simple stuff from Hans Zimmer, but there's other people who. John Williams is like one of the big guys who does who does so much variation. There's a lot going on in the scores all the time. There's flutes. I think probably even more so. There's oboes. What? Or maybe more so in recent scores, or yeah, more so in recent scores. John Williams kind of more, changed his style, more experimental in which I'm afraid of. of. Like in episode seven, he's going to do episode we'll seven. See about so that. I would love him to go back to the stuff that he did before for Star Wars. The prequels definitely, definitely changed. Yeah, they they're completely different. They're smooth. They're smooth. The prequels music, the score is very smooth and and flowy and mm-hmm. has so much like. Uh, there's a lot of woodwind in there, um, but the. The, the the original films are more are more stable and they have more uh, more more bass and more and more uh, m- well and, and plus there's more it seems like there's more kind of uh, elements like marches yeah it's and less flighty and it's heavily and it's, based on Mars yeah that was really interesting yeah I remember we saw that yeah they had a yeah. little concert in Zagreb and they were playing What's I think name? they were playing a, a suite of uh, See, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know who the composer was, but Phil uh, knew about him, and, and he said that uh, John Williams was probably inspired by uh, his work, and it's so true. I mean, like, I, I'm trying to talk, and you're typing. Mars Symphony, Symphonic Symphony of Science, Symphony of the Planets. But it's pretty amazing. I mean, like, I, I it has to be, and and. What was amazing was from the 40s as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, There's just so many motifs. Call uh, me. Call me uncivilized, but I had to check. Gustav Holtz? Holst. Holst. Horst. Where's Holst? Holst. Yeah, okay, so what do you want to say? Right. So this his, what, suite called The Planets, as we're yes. looking on Wikipedia. Yeah. Sounds... Mars. Mm-hmm. War planet, so, yeah, yeah, sounds very similar to Star Wars. Star Wars there's a lot of there's a lot of influence, which is pretty interesting. I think very interesting. There's also similarity with that and Hans Zimmer, who took a lot from that as well. Also from with Gladiator, and uh, I'd say Zimmer did a little bit less intelligent uh, copying. I wouldn't say copying. I would say less intelligent uh, referencing, because it kind of feels like a carbon copy. Because mm. like there's this one part in Gladiator at the beginning when they're fighting the barbarians in Germany. Yeah. Bum 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 bum. Then it goes. And that well yeah but this is from an actual this is like note for note. Which is a little bit, and you know, wasn't credited in the soundtrack or anything. Reminds so, me of that time. It's a little bit. It's a little. It's a little shaky there. Reminds me of that time when uh, the composer for Three Hundred, Tyler the, Bates, the music from Titus. Yeah, right. Elliot Goldenthal, Titus. That is. I think that's. Bo- that's not even borderline. I think that's just. It is plagiarism, and plagiarism. Warner Brothers had to uh, apologize on his behalf, which is funny because good, and there was no that. lawsuit. I don't think there was nothing. Just of an apology, and that's it. And, that's and it. there's still people on the internet going like 300 on an epic score, and it's well, yeah, like not the whole score, no, but not the whole section. thing. Of course, not the whole thing. Uh, the but I think the one that people remember the most is that one part where he comes back. You know, Leonidas comes back from fighting the wolf and being in the bitter cold yeah. for so long. And he comes back, our king Leonidas, and it comes goes. <laughs> 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 
all from Titus. Just a few notes changed. Few. Mm. And, and Titus has a better weird. score. Yeah. It's so weird. It's a weird movie, right? Elliot Goldenthal is kind of strange, which is why I would like to work with him someday. He's so cool. Didn't, didn't they shoot, I like him. Didn't I like they shoot some of Titus orchestrations? In huh? Didn't they shoot some of Titus? Yeah, they, they Kodesh, shot the yeah. whole uh, amphitheater. Yeah, it's a completed Colosseum. It's, it's not true, yeah. damaged like the one in Italy in Rome. Well, it's smaller though. Rome is the light. Okay, come on. What are we talking about? We're talking about uh, John Powell. So that was that, <laughs> was that your review then? No, we didn't. My get, review, yeah. There's some songs. There's nice songs. I did. I don't know what's going on in the movie. Yeah. I just can guess by tracklist. But I've guessed enough, this, and I'm like, okay with you know, that. Like you know how when you listen to a score, this is why it's so hard for me to listen to a score. I know. Because like I'm not having a, no movie ideas, you know. So right. And so you just hear stuff like that's interesting. That's interesting. That's good. But I'm saying if I hear stuff like this, it's true. It's true. It takes a toll on you. Takes a toll on you. I know. I know. I know. Usually you want to just skip to the to the good bits where it's like just goes. And then remember, like track number seven was the strongest version of that theme. You listen to that one. Yeah. Everyone's in. And usually the credit song usually ends up being also good. You know, I'm going to just put the music in the background. Yeah. It's Marjorie good. Better. It's good. It's good. The are, are there some I think that's themes? I think that's John Powell's better work okay. compared to the bulk of the stuff that I know he did. Because there's a, John cool. Powell, you can hear, it's very John Powell-y. Powell-y. There's a lot of Powell-y stuff going on with his other scores. This one, not as much, to it's be Powell-y, honest. Powell-y you can hear some of it, and especially Ice Age 2, which Powell-y I don't know. I'm not a good... No, no, no. Hey, we were talking about Ice Age. Do you remember the, the theme? Time. Yeah, I don't know. The theme. <laughs> that's the bag. song. Dun, 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 no, we can't listen to it. But we can't listen oh, to it. We can't listen to it. We have to... If we're going to have to remember it. We'll okay, remember okay, it. okay. So maybe by the end, we'll remember it. Okay. I bet, I bet someone who, you know, is listening probably knows it. The guy in his underwear? Yeah, in his underwear, he's probably like, oh, I know it, I don't even know <laughs> He's it. screaming it on on his little, little speakers or headphones. Yeah. Um, I have to remember it. Wait, wait, wait. Is it, is it big? Like, something like that or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want to get, I just want to get the Ice Age 2 one. That's okay, the one I don't want to get. help, no? No, it's okay. different. But that said, there was a, there, okay, again, can, again, can, Thomas do, Newman. Do remember, it's not Thomas. Do you remember Newman, if any of them? Was it was it uh, heavy on a few notes played over, played in a sequence, or was it more uh, you know fluid with many notes? Do you remember or no? It felt like that? it had a very solid. You could easily count the note structure. Dun 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 dun, like something like that. Like it's just like a marching kind of uh, bravado. Bravado. No, bravado is big, right? Isn't it? I need to learn all these all these uh, words, so I, so I sound so pro. So I sound so pro, guys. Bum, bum. No, I don't. Bum, I think bum, bum, this, this bum, is just bum, like bum, us trying bum. to remember the stupid Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, <laughs> old one. And we're wasting which people's now, time. Which I think now we know what it, when it is. What? By which one? First Amazing one? Spider-Man, first one. And wait, the second, the second one's funnier though. I like the second one. The news. <laughs> Six o'clock. It's time for you know. 
Anyway, okay, so yeah, that's that's pretty cool. The John Powell. We'll, we'll remember the theme later. I just want to say, there's one track in Ice Age One where he, where Manny is looking at the wall and he's looking at these uh, cave paintings and he's having a flashback. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I think that's the best moment in the movie. It's very emotional and the music's very good. I have to remember it. I wish I had the I, soundtrack. I remember the I don't scene, have but I don't remember the, the music. Soundtrack I don't have. Unfortunately. Cool. I don't remember the music either. I just remember, on my way. Dun, 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 dun. This is going to be Ice Age. Why are we talking about Ice Age so I much? Don't know. I don't even like, the first movie is the only good one. Yeah. Second one was really boring. I don't want to ever watch again. Yeah, I only watched it one. once, and that was uh, what, this, the second one suffers from this ago. problem, which I, I it's it's hard to get around. Is that when a movie doesn't have enough locations, it feels doesn't feel good. It feels like it's so small scale. Doesn't Ice Age Two feel like that? It yeah, feels like yeah, they're in one spot. Yeah, and it just feels so small. And well, the third one also feels so small. Global meltdown. Because in the third one, they jump down into that jungle. Yeah, that's even smaller. And it's just tiny. Like there's just this little jungle. And and in the first one, at least they they go places. And, yeah, and it feels yeah. bigger. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> how to train your dragon two soundtrack? Cool. <laughs> they have a song, and that song. Here's the funny thing. There's these new themes, but I can't remember them yet. Isn't that kind of weird? Here's it's a question. Kind of strange. I listened to it maybe twice, but I can't remember the theme, like the motif from my head. Very. Okay. Well, but there is one song that's sung by Gerard Butler and uh, no, no, it's Jared. Jared, yeah, it's sung by Gerard Jared Buck Butler. <laughs> Jared, Jared Buckler. Jared, Jared Butler. Jared Butler. Butler. Okay, he sings a song. Butler. Sings he, a song. his character, his and character. and oh uh, right, dad. Yeah, and uh, talk show host. Uh, What's his name? Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. And him and Kate Blanchett's uh, singing double sing a song. Mm-hmm. Has something to do with the film. I have no idea. It was a very nice song. I liked it. Oh, it's cool. cute. But it, there's a few notes that sounds like Brave. I'm doing the How to Train Your Dragon one. Oh really? Very yeah, sound, I was gonna say you missed a couple notes. If yeah, you were singing no, that, brave, yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking so cool. of which, so Patrick Doyle is really good composer. I like him. He's Scottish, and he, cool. And he did from the top of my head. I can say brave. He he did little princess. Do you know what I like? About, you know like about brave. Uh, remember when we were watching the? Um, now you, you can hear the difference when I'm talking about film scores. I'm talking as if it was like a movie fan, you know what I mean? Like Little Princess, what a gem that is. Yeah. Because I, I, cause and, 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 and I feel like, because the composer, less I know about film score. Yeah, but I'm saying someone who's a composer is like, well, you're missing this, 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 this piece <laughs> there you didn't go. Really work so well. Exactly. It could have been better. And you're just going, it's so good. But no, I, know, I do have critiques as well. I know, but I'm just saying things. like compared to Yeah, comparatively. Like, like movies, compared to when, when I talk about movies, I'm always yeah. like, that was good. But... Then what, what my question was going to be, what did uh, original film score, what is the website called that they do film Filmtracks.net. Filmtracks.net. What do they say about How to Change Dragon 2? Did you read up I, on they that? Did, no? It's just one guy reviewing, so it takes okay, him a while. Well, I thought they have a team, no? It takes him a while to review these things, my friend. Okay, well, we'll see. I don't know. So I guess this is our film score. I guess, yeah. So I mean, can I talk more about film score? Sure, because yeah. I love talking about film score. Okay. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I don't know many independent film score uh, composers, mm-hmm. which is, like I said, unfortunate. But I know most of the people who are always, you know, on rotation and getting jobs all the time. So, like, you know, give like let's talk about something. What what film score do you like? Me. Uh, which ones? Which ones stuck stuck think, stick well, out to you? I think there's kind of like for me the the in a sense the kind of the um, 
the gold standard of film scores are things like you know the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, but that's, that's sort of like the gold modern standard. Gold modern standard, right? Because like what when you, if you go back to like the I'm classics, of movies that I like, you know, I keep the, one of the originators modern, right? of film scores, Max Steiner, oh. King Kong, and ah, it's still yes. a really good score. Yeah, okay, let's talk a little about that. That's interesting because remember the Max Steiner. Guess what? Austrian. Oh, Everybody yeah. who's a good composer comes from Austria. And it's like, his bloodline can be traced to Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the yeah, so, midichlorians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting about this? You told me... You told me that the score... I don't know, hot potato! ...that was recorded for the original 1933 King Kong is still around, and the recording quality is... Rhino Records, Should we say, you know, subpar? Yeah, that's the problem. It's 1933 quality. What do you expect? You know, mono... Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I understand people would enjoy it for the fact that it is Max Steiner who is conducting the orchestra. That's totally different. But... The quality is just, you know, it's 1933. There's like, or 32, depending on when they were recorded. It's as if, for example, he found, you know, a recording of, uh, you know, know, Bach recorded. Yeah, but that's so so funny about that because King Kong is one of the first true film scores. So Max Steiner was actually one of the first people to actually start inventing the sort of use of full-on orchestral scores for films on a soundtrack. um, Because once, uh, because once audio you know, actual recorded audio took yeah, like over. Talkies, right? Hardly movies. any music most of the time. Huh. Remember Dracula? Oh, yeah. Good example. There was some music. The beginning, Swan Lake. <sighs> and the rest. Dracula. Oh, and I love, I just love the sound. And this. I Wait, love no. the sound. I love that white that's, noise that's sound. That's the... Carfax Abbey. We'll be leaving tomorrow. So Max Steiner was the... Ming. Founder, should we say the founding father? One of the founding, one of the founding fathers. Because I'm sure, uh, as much as we like to say in America, like yeah. one of the first film scores, there's definitely somewhere in Europe some people oh, already worked on it. Yeah. Just like first feature length film, right? We we all sort of credit that to be, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, whoa, <laughs> we all credit we all credit <laughs> to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But of course, in Europe, they already had one. Ah, uh, uh, which yeah. wasn't truly. You see, it's always a little. I'm technical sure, I'm sure there, there's an art house fan just shouting yeah 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 so that's so, yeah but max that's, steiner he, in the states I and guess. he was been doing movie scores ever since and he's still alive no, but anyway the recording not. they did a re-recording of that they did score, yes which i own yeah when yeah. was that what year was that you know like 1990 no 2005 three something like that but it just it Four, brings a whole 2000. new breath it of does life into, i don't care if it's not conducted by max steiner himself it still sounds great it's very close to the original but yeah. it's just like as if you were there in the recording session while yeah, they were recording do? for 1933 why don't you put them I bet someone did this right put that bum, recording into the film bum 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 yeah if they release the movie without now speaking of King Kong music. what you know what the funny thing is John Williams used a lot of little little subtle musical hints just in like he did with Kong. Mars for Star Wars in Lost World there's a few King Kong uh, I, little, I, little yeah, I have no reference so I can't, I can't like the, say the underscore yes. there's an underscore I think in the track in Lost World there's a little little bongo drums going on Lost World I think I remember this very like just the bass and the and the and the cellos going really low does that want to say no and that's actually in King Kong as well the original Max Steiner that is 
a interesting bit of trivia. trivia. So you're asking me what movie scores, other scores I like. Yeah. So it's so, kind of the gold modern standard like The Other Rings, right? Um, I would imagine also a uh, gold standard for me would be something like the Back to the Future score. Oh, yeah, Back to I the think Future. Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri. Now, that's a... That's, that's a composer. Because for me, movie scores, it seems the best scores um, for me are ones that somehow that really work with the film. And especially, I think a lot of times, movies that are oriented towards you know, escapist films, you know, movies that are, you know, uh, adventures or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's usually, the same the, thing the again. The music just helps so yeah. much, you know, just kick it to another mm-hmm. level, you know. And that's why I can't necessarily say that I enjoy, let's say, you know, I don't know. Arabia. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great. It's great, but it's just very different, you know. Mm-hmm. A tonality yeah. to it, which you know, you don't have these like. But well, Lawrence Arabia, I think you could you don't put have that these... in, the, in the in the same category as huh? like Avengers and stuff like that. That you, kind of score, you can't. Right? You, you could, I think, because it, it has that it has that bigness. Okay, yeah, but but it just it doesn't Your have that. Your mother mated with a scorpion. It doesn't have that. Uh, what should I say? Like uh, energy, you know what I mean? Like some a lot of these films. Yeah, are, well, like Back to the Future. It's, it's, it's doing that to account. Just... I love the thing about Back to the Future is because everything is so small scale. If yeah. you look at it. And that's why great idea, Robert Zemeckis, Bob Gale, they all said, just make a big score. This is 90 piece. Yeah, he said like back in the day when Universal Studios, like the biggest ensemble orchestra that they had. And it's so good. I love that. Yeah, because it does so many things well. There's yeah, you can't help it, right? You can't help it. So good. There's so many good things. Yeah, and that's one of the things that they do also well, good scores, I would say, is just it. You make a really strong connection between I, what you've seen yes. and the oh, music. Yeah. I know. And there's such but, but professionals. There's some, but the thing it. is that there's, there's such professionals. There's some movies that, and you know, I, I think some some people might say, "Oh, you, you know, you, it, the only reason it's connect, there's a connection because you know it's settled in your brain after you know 20 years or whatever." But I still think though, I, like we've seen movies, you know, 10, 15 years ago, with you know that were new back then, and you watch the movie and the score, it still doesn't work for the film. You know, it yeah. still doesn't. You don't make that connection. Like, well, of course, you know that that's that movie. What's know? a good example for that? I don't know. Maybe Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the only yeah, thing I think yeah. of modern, which is I don't, I don't feel yeah, the spider tastic. Yeah. There's nothing spidery about you know? this. No. You've got to make some kind of. It just seems the, the that kind of uh, relationship between the, between the score and the visuals has to. You have got to be married, otherwise it's mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's part of why it's so many good scores. How, everyone. What loves do you them. think of Avengers now? The Avengers score. score? Like especially that motif because I, mean, I remember remember at the beginning we were kind of on the fence when you listened to it the hurt the first time I think because we were th- we were thinking it was too simplistic you know a lot of modern themes I always to thought it was approach. just too typical Alan Silvestri it's a lot of the sub score what do you call that um, uh, underscore underscore is is very Alan Silvestri you can you can very much equate it to the Mummy too <sighs> the Mummy yeah the Mummy Returns if you listen to the score that's side the by first, side yeah that's the very, first very much. that's the first uh, soundtrack I bought that had Alan Silvestri's name on it mm-hmm. and that's how I got introduced to Alan Silvestri yeah, so I listened to that all the time in like two thousand one two thousand two and so I remember so that's I can hear his his. Uh, uh, should I say cliche? No, maybe like just his. Uh, well, I mean, I think writing. most. I think most uh, artists, uh, composers, you know, look at bands and things. They they all have their own. Yeah. Thing. And we all have our own. And Alan know. Silvestri, you can always hear those. Like, like uh, he always use. He always does this. 
and it's always the 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 string that's hold you know the but violins. I, I think it just goes back to when you're when you're creating stuff, you have some yeah. things that you go to, you know, that are just comfortable to you, and they just feel like you know. But those things can sometimes be really good, though. You know? They can be kind of trademarks. True. Um, example. John Williams. That's what everybody keeps talking about. John Williams. But anyway, I know. I know. People always think John Williams is like the top, top brass, like the biggest. Well, bestest he's, he's composer, one of the most well-known composers. I think I, everyone, if not if, the well-known. If you ask someone your name, composer, composer, they would say John Williams. I think I agree with everybody who says that John Williams is uh, like scores, like the actual complete work, isn't that exciting because you can hear a lot of his under, like the underscore. We always have to talk about the underscore. Well, but that's, that's also yeah, uh, very similar mm-hmm. to each other. Like if I would give you some ET, and then you would listen to some uh, Return of the Jedi. It would be difficult. It would be a return of ET. Yeah, but yeah. you know it would sound the same. But what he's, what I agree, and what everybody knows is that he's the best at making up themes. Oh, and I, motifs. I would say he's definitely unbelievably one of the top. good at that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, like if you can, if you can make Star Wars and yeah. Indiana Jones and Jaws, you know, arguably one of the most memorable themes, both those films. But even the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm taking as an example. You know, it's like a foundation list. You see, like he does, like also versatile. Mm-hmm, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sort of the Avengers theme. Yeah, I think still the Avengers theme. I like to sometimes when you're talking about not just let's say scores, but let's say fit, you have to, you have to compare sometimes with the kind of closest relatives. So, so we're talking about let's say the theme of the Avengers. It's fun to compare let's say that theme to the rest of the themes of the Marvel movies. You know, because you get you can start okay. to get an idea of you know, oh man. Well, if we talk about not. that, we should talk about Iron Man because I'm just saying the Avengers theme comparing to the rest of the Marvel movies. It seems like it's one of the themes that are memorable and it seems to fit in the movie it seems to kind of yeah. give the the vibe of the of the story i don't know I, I can't think of a lot of other themes from let's say the modern marvel marvel movies that have come out like can uh, you sing can you, can you sing thor the first thor thor is the hardest thing it's hard it's hard to remember that Captain america i know that one Captain america dun, 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 alan silvestri again yeah see he does that he loves doing that dun, 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 dun. I don't know. I'm, I'm still not sure if maybe it's a little too, a little too sentimental. Maybe. And then listen to this. Wasn't that like Romancing the Stone or something? Uh, Romancing the Stone is. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a pizza commercial. <laughs> Papa Peppos. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah. That's what we're talking about. I hate this. I get somehow I just get lost. Was that remember. contact? No, contact is. Aliens. Yeah, I don't even know what that is all about. Something about Carl Sagan. So weird. Those '90s movies are so strange to me. They all feel so fuzzy. They feel so. They feel so in terms of visuals cheesy. And it's just blandy, bland. Like you know. And then they put music. Like you can imagine yourself. No, you can imagine yourself just being in someone's house and they're playing on their square TV in a VHS. Yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, and they're all watching it. And you're like, yeah, oh. I think that was Forrest Gump. I was singing. And then you're a kid, and you're so confused with the story. You're watching it. That's yeah, a nineties yeah. movie. Yeah, like yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. What? Yes, exactly. What kind Weird. of film was that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, speak. What are we talking about? We're talking about uh, kind of again? like these scores that I like because it's all about me. Yeah. Uh, so I was talking about on Sylvester I was talking about Back to the Future talking about Lord of the Rings we didn't really talk about that well Mummy like a- see that's the th- funny thing no one knows Avengers dun, 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 dun. I love that one I love that oh, that, yes, little, that little bridge that, dun, 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 I mean, is, that, is, that, is that part of the it's, song it's that building when the ship up to is it. coming up in the, in it's building the, up to, like yeah that. it's like it's like, and then it goes dun, 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 
Yeah, then it goes into the. Okay. Yeah, then then the main theme, the one you know, just the crescendo of mm-hmm. great, you know, the. Avengers two hasn't come out yet, right? Huh? No, Avengers two for some reason because all these movies, I I, I know it's I hard maybe to keep track compared to the second one, but um, it sounds a lot like Mummy Returns. Yes. But which is a better theme? Okay, let's go back to the context. Has more notes. Has no no. There's a better theme compared. Oh, I don't know. Actually, the first Mummy action theme, which was oh Jerry Goldsmith. Now that's a composer. What's the first Mummy action theme? Far away. What the first Mummy quote unquote action theme? You know the okay from Jerry Goldsmith from the 1999 remake because the original didn't have any music because it's from it's 1932. Um, The 1999 Mummy. Jerry Goldsmith, he does... It's stupid. What is this? Like, it sounds like they're on a... It sounds like they're on a... On some kind of giant camel. <laughs> We're coming, Evelyn! I hope we can put all the music underneath. I hope so. Um, we'll, see, we'll see if our notes are yeah, anywhere that's what I'm always. That's what I'm always interested in hearing. Jerry Goldsmith? Cherry? Yeah, Cherry Goldsmith. He was born February 10th. And I'm so proud of that because he's such a good composer. He is also one of those guys. You have Jerry Goldsmith. I have George Washington. Yeah. And Aragorn. Aragorn, the fictional character. Do you have anybody else that's cool? No. (laughs) Just Cherry. Jerry. He's so cool. I know, no, no, I'm not saying he's he not did, cool. Listen, he did Gremlins. Dun, 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 oh, yeah. Gremlins. I think he did a lot, And all the way back to Planet of the Apes. Alien? One of my favorite. Alien? Good, I was right. I was afraid. That was gonna be like, yeah, he did Alien. Who did Alien 2? James Horner. Who is one of those guys that, wow, you just, he's a tough cookie. Really? Yeah. Why? You want to talk about Troy? Troy? Oh. And you want to talk about like him and James Cameron? When, hey, they were doing hey, aliens. Isn't this, which isn't is this that aliens is the one with the signature thing? The signature thing is alien is. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. With the, with the horn. No, no, no. You got to put that on. But that's also, that's also a huge thing with Elliot Goldenthal. Ah, yes. Who did? Uh, who does a lot of artistic? He actually does his own like symphonies that actually are actually listened to. Like actually, you know, it's like one of those modern classical to, things. Huh? And uh, he's really nuts, and I like him a lot. And uh, mentally insane. Well, no, <laughs> maybe when he's writing music, because like he. Let's talk about Batman a little bit. See, there's so much you can talk about. Batman. Can I just say two things about Batman? Okay. I will say that the Schumacher Batman movies are well, the, the one Schumacher or two. They're two. Uh, they're bad. But the music is actually that's what I'm going to talk good. about. Elliot Goldenthal, he did this music, and I like his description of it because he said that he wanted to make it sound like a little kid playing with his action figures, and you usually make up your own themes and for it. It works so perfectly, and it's it's so perfect. And then, of course. You know, at the end of the queue, <laughs> with the horns just going wild. Does the same thing with Alien Three, which is uh, underrated score. You said something. You were saying someone. Th- is that what you're going to say? Yes. We're talking about him. Wanted, yeah, okay. okay yeah. I wanted to say because I was thinking the original Batman, Danny Burton Elfman, Batman. Yeah, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. I like yeah. Danny Elfman. Yeah, Danny Elfman's cool. 
it seems well. He has a very very specific style. He's he very does, different, I think, but he is, is cool. able. He's very capable Dude. of blending and changing. I would say his... Spider Man would be a very good example. Yeah, compared to Men in Black. I mean, Men in Black is very much. But it's so funny how you mention those two because they do sound the same in terms because well, they all they both have an underlying rhythm. I would vouch to say that Men in Black. I love how it's a much heavier bass line. It's it seems a little more boom, groovy. Boom, boom, yeah. Boom, 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 and you, I don't think you'd hear boom, stuff boom, in Spider-Man like. Boom, boom. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. But you have some choir in there. I know, I know. Spider-Man. But it's a traditional choir, isn't it? Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, and Men in Black is kind of like odd, odd. It's a little, it's a little more. But I love the Men in Black music. It's interesting. Bum, bum, it, you remember bum, it. it works bum, again. Bum, bum, no, not the easiest bum, to sing though. It's great. Yeah, it's bro. Did the third third one? Third one's also good. Score. Was of, uh, it was. Ah. Because there was a guitar and yeah, stuff. So I, thought, I, thought maybe, I thought maybe John Debney was hopping in there. John Debney. He, he re- speaking of, this is what I wanted to talk about. There's uh, underrated scores that are excellent. Excellent. But they're made for bad movies. Like what? And it's, that, that can be the case. Give me one. Especially, and there's good movies. That's that Batman scores. Begins. Where they have uh, stupid scores. Or like Batman Begins, it's really it's on hard the to it's say hard. Batman Begins Same thing bad. with Pirates of the Caribbean. Love hate relationship ah, with yes. Pirates of the Caribbean. And so that's, that's, it's so difficult to even talk about Pirates of the Caribbean because, like, at one, on one hand, the theme, everyone knows it. <laughs> Everybody knows it. They everyone play it in it. high school bands a lot, right? <laughs> oh. And this is the most, this is the biggest, like, one of the most famous and biggest scores that is so unfit to be played by an orchestra because it's been, it, they only had like three weeks. To work on the yeah, Pirates of the this, Caribbean the story. score in March 2003 before it would come out in July, or maybe not March when it was May until July. Yeah, that sounds about more, more accurate. But like the movie, really small crunch time for the score. Alan Silvestri was going to do the music for Pirates of the Caribbean, but I know. But for some reason, Jerry Bruckheimer, or Gore Verbinski, they decided it wasn't it wasn't cool enough or whatever. Maybe he didn't even start writing because if he did, then we would have some demos somewhere. But um, but what? But then uh, you know they got Hans Zimmer. Yeah, and, uh, and they played through a speaker or something. They and then because he was doing something else, so through legal reasons, he wasn't able to be credited as the composer. But Hans Zimmer, the way he works, he, he has like twelve composers yeah. helping him make this thing. So it's not just him. So Klaus Bedelt, one of his composer well, friends, he's known. He's known for. He's now known for a bunch of other stuff. No, he's now known for the pirate score. No, isn't he? Well, he I, is, but, but it's, a, known it's for, a fallacy. I know, because, but I'm saying, but he's known for in the public. Yeah, world yeah, yeah. Like, I remember hearing people are like, "Oh yeah, Pirates One by Klaus Bedelt." No, no, no. no people, I remember people were saying, "Like my favorite composer, Klaus Bedelt." Like, really? Yeah, yeah. I remember just that. just by one like theme. In school or something. Hans Zimmer made up the themes. That's the funny thing. I know, but I guess people, yeah. Anyway, it's this the worst to be playing on a, a high school band because it's but those are the best. Simple. I love it's watching so high simple. school bands play parts of the crew. No, play anything because it's just <laughs> so good. It's so basically yeah. you can just go to YouTube. There's some that are good. There's some no that are doubt. great. You can tell their yeah. their their uh, teacher is definitely dedicated, just yeah. them. and the people the classmates are de- de- dedicated. But if you're not, if you're basically taking high school band, just like oh, I have nothing else to take, then you're gonna end up with those YouTube videos of you know, uh, like for example, you know, Star Wars. 
<laughs> and they have to slow it down too. In the worst, they have to slow it down slow, as well. Course, Instead yeah. of going, because you know, <laughs> don't don't type in don't type in beginner beginners band. Yeah, but even advanced band. One of the biggest problems with high school bands is this. Ready? People sign up. I want to play saxophone. Oh, Fifty man. saxophones. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and seven flutes. <laughs> seven flutes. And it's like no one wants to play drums. Of course they do. One F- oboe. Fifteen snare one players. One violin. Over no, there. no violin. Oh no, you're no of course. violin. I'm sorry. And no. then like fifteen snare players. So it's like this marching. And you know everyone plays also. That's because it's a bar song. It's easier. Okay. That's true, but but anyway, they should play you know, Google, YouTube, Halo Suite. Oh, oh yeah, you're in for a treat. Who did those? Hold on, hold on. I have to remember who did those. I remember. I know their names. I know their names. Video game music is turning out to be pretty good. There's some really good, ah, video game really music. good gems in video game music. I'll tell you some good gems. Really good video game music. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid is great. The huge controversy about the theme, Why? though. Ah, the new, you mean the classic theme? Yeah. That was very similar to another Sergei, score from a long uh, time ago. A piece of music. I, I wish I hate it when I don't know the names. It's okay, but I don't Metal. think they should have. I think they should have kept playing. I think that I think it just if I were them, I would just pay for the rights. I know. Why? Why, why didn't they? That would have been. And yet here we have Hans Zimmer able to get away with Mars and mm-hmm. Tyler Bates getting away with Titus. Andronicus. I'm guessing they were just too careful, like you said. Maybe they're just being too careful. The guys at Millicent saw maybe, like you said, that maybe they're just being too careful. Yeah. And they're just like, eh, better not. But then we then we get yeah. But the thing, funny thing, you mentioned that. So the beginning, Tapi Wase did the original Millicent Solid one. Oh yes. With a nice, there was there was the sharp and then there was the flat. Well, there was the major and the minor. Well, what's what's the difference between sharp and flat, major, minor? I think sharp. You would usually say if you're talking about F notes. sharp. F sharp is the black. I know, I know, but I think you, usually you'd say you're talking about notes, like sharp and flat. But major progression. is kind of the well. The, I know. Yeah, there's the major, key minor keys. Major yeah. key. And so there's the the original one is minor. Dun, yeah. Dun, oh, no, I'm doing major. Dun, 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 you do minor first. No, minor first No, minor is. And then 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 he switches to major, which never happens in the other games. But then that major, the major team never happens in the rest of the games. And then they get Harry Gregson Williams for the second one. That's a great version of that. Right, that was. That's an electronic good. flavor in yeah, there yeah, as well. Yeah, it's perfect because that's the that's what the story was yeah, about. Modern. And then the third it. one, like I said, three. This is where the change happens. This is the bridge, and I think this is the perfect version. Okay. Because it has both the just like Indiana Jones. Remember when when uh, John Williams suggested to Steven Spielberg, there's two ideas for the theme. There's Right or oh yes I see and they combine and then he then Spielberg's just combine them and then so the the first one became the bridge or the pre-chorus kind of oh no it was a bridge I don't know now I'm sorry I'm not mentioning people like Ennio Morricone Ennio Morricone 
he did good, the bad, and the ugly. He did all kinds of. We're movies. talking about. He did so post, many kind of like post seventies movies or something. Yeah, I know, I know, but I know of yeah. of them, and I appreciate the work. You know, I need to listen to more any Morricone because I only know a few things, and and from what I heard, he's so varied and you know like uh, versatile. So I should listen. You to should be listening to eight and a half. He did. He did. Here's to you, Nicola and Bart. Rest mm-hmm. forever here in our hearts. That's how. That's your original goes. And a swing. Yeah. The, the, the new one's way better for me. Like I saw before. It's beautiful. It's more dramatic. Feels. Yeah. This, uh, there's also and and I also like I know John Barry also really good composer. Um, then there's. I'm just I'm just pointing out the names that people will be like. Why aren't you mentioning them? The classical ones. Those are more classical. You know. Yeah. Um, then there's. I'll tell you some classical. Composers. Black Cauldron. Who did Black Cauldron? <laughs> Old Coldry. Uh, how about the composer? How about this one? Ready, Philip? Ready for your knowledge to be exposed? Yeah. Uh, my my primitive here knowledge. Here we go. Ready? Composer. See, I'm not tell like Mark Hamill. Compos- if Mark oh, Hamill were man. here, he would Dude, just. Mark Hamill clear is the a walking floor. encyclopedia. Uh, ready, Philip? Tell me the composer of Ben Hur. See, I don't know that. Uh, but I know the music. Ten Commandments. Uh, uh, Bernard Herrmann? No, no, no. It was Bernard... Cecil B. DeMille himself. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, like Bernard Herrmann. That's another great. That's that's the one. I think that's him. Bernard Herrmann. That did. That did. Uh, that did uh... Crap. I'm. 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 Did what? Of... That did. Um, ben Hur. Uh, I think Jason and Argonauts and. Ah, Jason Argonauts. I think he also did Sinbad's great. What is that guy's dubbed? The main character, Jason. Wasn't he dubbed? Yeah, he was dubbed. Talos! See, Bernard Herrmann, I was correct. I'm so proud of myself. Very good. For what score? Jason and the Argonauts. Nice. I think he did Sinbad as well. Anyway, continuing on. There's so much you can talk about. I can't believe it. I would. I could talk. Oh, we could. Yeah. I wish I could be like, like, like Mark Hamill and sound like like him. He's so amazing. Did you hear him talk about comic books? It's really interesting. Basically, I would say, oh no, you should go listen to. Wasn't he in the Batcave? Batcave, Fat Cave. Wasn't he? Yeah, the Fat Cave with Kevin Smith. Look up that episode. Basically, Mark Hamill. His stories. Yeah. They they just. They cover so many years, and he just knows <laughs> and he knows all, all the, the dates. He remembers everyone's dates. name, everyone's name, yeah, and the dates and what he did. That's amazing. It's really cool. It'd be sweet to be able to just. That was a good episode. I would really recommend that. Yeah. We we kind of fell fell off here. No, we're talking about because uh, we we stopped at like some Batman or something scores. Oh yeah, Danny um, Elfman. Yeah, we did that. I one. don't know because I, I maybe I can remember. Some what people, what do you think about hard. Danny Elfman? And the Terminator. Terminator is an interesting hmm. score. Terminator See, we four? know all the modern stuff more. Yeah. I know I know some of the old stuff as well, of course. I mean. Terminator 4. See, it's hard sometimes to even like, start thinking about it so much because... Okay, uh, I think we can play this. Should we play this? What? I would love to play this. Your uh, combination? My combination. Because I've been thinking about this since 2009 when okay. the Terminator 4 you know, came but you out. Have to, you have to make it clear that the combination is very super rough. It's right? super rough, but it's I super think rough is just like to get an idea because there's a lot of notes that like clash. In there. No, there's only three notes that clash. I know, but I'm saying that it's like not the whole point wasn't for you to create this perfect, you know, because some people you find who just like find all the stems and they create this perfect. Oh, thing. I wish I had all. But the you stems. just you're just combining the, the actual two tracks. tracks to see how they would yeah. mesh if so, they were as we all know, yeah, written. So like uh, uh, just backstory on this: as we all know, Terminator One was made in 1984. 
and Brad Fiedel. Yep, Brad Fidel, 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 sounds right. <laughs> F-I-E-D-E-L? Fidel? Fidel, hmm. Fidel, Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, he him? did Terminator 1 and 2, made up that wonderfully theme mm-hmm. we all know. Da, 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 no, da, you're doing the good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one. Yeah, 1984. And it goes... So you still like the third one the best? I think the third one is... The best. Yeah. The only problem is that it's only at the end. It's only at the credits. The full score? The full score. So Marco Beltrami did that. But uh yeah. Okay, so you're a combo thing. Yeah. Uh I put Terminator One at the beginning, because Terminator One has all the soft piano music. Mm-hmm. Second one has I think is by leaps and bounds better. Then, yeah. of course, I, think sec- I, I would say the second is the standard score. Second one is the standard, and it has great, uh, great sound effects in the soundtrack. Some composers use really? like they uh, try to make metal, their own the sound effects. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like oh, and I love the when the Terminator the T eight hundred comes out and you hear the bells. Dun, mm. dun. Scary. Awesome. And then T one thousand. You know what's weird? I have uh, I've had probably so good. Four, it's like Jaws. So good. I've probably had four or five dreams with Terminators. You know what? James Cameron had the same thing really? and he made Terminator. Really? So now he doesn't have dreams anymore. Uh, that's pretty good. I don't know why. I really I've had that's already scary. maybe four or five in there. Because the concept of Terminator I think is probably the scariest concept. Scary. Terrible. If you think about it. I think it's sometimes even scarier than you know any kind of mystical supernatural horror movies because yeah. A machine has zero mercy. It's yeah. programmed to kill you. And it and looks scary. You. And it looks scary. And it looks like being chased by a Terminator. You get into shape now. Being chased by a Terminator. Being Can you imagine you. that? Yeah. You're, you're a person with stamina. Ah! You'll get tired. Yeah. Scary. You'll, you'll have to, you can't run and away. And then we put that music. I think it's pretty terrifying. But I have to say, I'm not scared of the Terminator movies. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not scary, but I'm saying but the concept tense. is scary. They're the tense, yeah, but I'm saying the concept is scary. Yeah. So maybe that's why I have Terminator chasing I think, me in my dreams So why sometimes. don't they make a Terminator game where you're chased by a Terminator? You know what's funny? I, actually, they should do that for Oculus Rift. I want to see that. I want to see that. Oculus Rift, you're just, the animation has to be yeah. a lot better. Um, but imagine that you have Oculus Rift and you're like at the at the at the um, Ooh, that'd be scary, at man. the Tech Noir Club and then there's Arnold Schwarzenegger in the crowd and he's far away and you're like oh crap I gotta get out of here <laughs> it's gonna it's be so, so cool how about this one run outside and you see him well, and, you, and you're like see him in the distance running after you it's so do scary. you know it's actually might be oh, even slightly be scarier what if you're you popped in right in the middle of the post-apocalyptic future full of you know the blue dust uh, and there's that was so walking good. towards the army of Terminators with yeah. their laser with the, guns and their red eyes. That's a laser gun. Okay, hold that thought about a post-apocalyptic future because that that goes into another score I want to talk about, which okay, no so yeah, one we're acknowledges. About, yeah. um, anyway, so Terminator Two, great, right? And it has the wonderful Terminator Two mm-hmm. theme. Then this, then the third one comes out. Not a big fan of the movie. Don't really like it. Of course, we all know this. It's just kind of common knowledge. No, yeah. um, it was postponed. <laughs> what a um, cop out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the music, pretty good, kind of organic. I think it's. I think Michael Trump did a good job trying to uh, bridge both of them. And I think he made a theme for the TX nine, whatever the crap. That, the TX crap. Yeah, the <laughs> zero idea. So it's like molten. Let's do the the, the perfect let's Terminator. Make it a girl. And let's let's take the molten. Uh, what was it? T one thousand. Yeah, right? liquid, 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 and oil. put it on solid. Yeah. Why, why would you yeah. do that? Don't know. The machines have malfunction in the future. But at the end, he did the Terminator, 
the the the, the motif, but yeah. he adapted it into like orchestral and bigger. And then there's there's one part which is you you really hear the war drums. You hear the 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 snares, mm-hmm. like real snares instead of the computerized one. Both are fine. Yeah, both are good. But the, I like the organic one better because I just like the organic big stuff. You know. The yeah, well, stuff. I like. Organic and uh, then there's real horns and dun, 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 dun. and then. At the end, it segues into a. Oh yeah, build up. Yeah, it's really good. I like it a lot. And so when Danny Elfman's music, which is weird for me, that came out for Terminator Salvation, Salivation. Yeah, that one goes like. Now the idea. My theory, because I listened to it a few times, is that I think that uh, because it's a reverse Terminator story, and I don't like Salvation. Let's get that out there. Mm, no, that's not I've good. only seen it once in the theater. I don't want to see third, it again. Third one's better than Salvation. I, I would say. Um, third one's not good either. Uh, because like they ditched all the laser guns. Remember that? I don't know why the they blue. would do that. Yeah. Um, Salvation, what was I talking about? Yeah. Apparently, McG... McGee. What about McGee? McGee. Mick said that Mac Elfman should Mac, yeah, should Mac compose music with the Terminator theme. From McTerminator? Yeah. By McFeedle. Okay. And uh that's the idea what he was reverse music as well. But instead what came out was a different theme. Like, just different. It was reverse. However, I like, as usual, Danny Elfman is really good at percussion stuff, and I really liked his percussion for Transformers Salvation, which was... Transformers? Transformers. Transformers. <laughs> was there a movie called Transformation? Transformers Salvation? I don't know, but the Terminator Salvation, and, um, the, and the, you know, like, the, 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 the percussion is... I love that. Yeah, and then it goes. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it sounds like Transformers now. And so I was listening to it and I thought, that sounds like reverse Terminator because it goes bum 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 as opposed to bum bum bum. Yeah, I mean, it's, a like, it's, bit. it's like interpreted. And then bum 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 instead of bum bum bum. Yeah. So I put it together. <laughs> Let's hear it. And uh, it's sort of medley. It starts How with long the first one. I don't even know. Uh, it starts with the first excerpt, one, maybe. goes to the second one a little bit, and puts a little bit of the percussion of the second one, merges it with the third one, and then the third one's merged with this with the fourth one because I like the percussion in the fourth one, so I put it percussion in the fourth one, so I put so I put it in uh, in most of it. You can hear the dum 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 dum. So it's it's it progresses wow. that way, and then there's bump bump, and then and part. then the and then both at the end both play at the same time the dun okay. dun dun and dun 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 dun, yeah. dun at the same time, and they really do a, they actually do more or less ninety percent ninety percent a really good job at harmonizing. Okay, it's quite interesting. And at the end, I put my own little choir, which sounds a lot like the one that Brad Fiedel used for okay. the, the like the kind of um, inorganic yeah. machiney oh. Wow! <coughs> oh, choir. So I've used that, and I put that in there with uh, Marco Beltrami's 
more militaristic, more action-paced, more bombastic version of the Terminator yeah. theme at the end, at the very end. Well, let's hear it. Come on. Okay, sorry. Here it is.
Okay, that's huh, what it is. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of messing around with that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I, I as you can tell, we're just talking about film score this whole time. Um, and we're almost done. Uh, I also do some music, but I, I'm practicing, you see? The cat's out of the bag. <laughs> I'm practicing, you see? <laughs> no, but didn't you, but you just kind of started recently messing yeah, around like last with year. music in terms of... With a keeper, With a keyboard and, and uh, yeah. a DAW, as they call it, digital audio workstation. Yeah. And messing around. And with I stuff. don't know anything like you or Tim. You and Tim are pretty much pros compared nah, nah, to me. Nah, no, no. Like you guys it's make real music, and I'm just messing around with like orchestral. But I have to say it's pretty hard. Orchestral, orchestral music. Like I don't know. Band music. I don't is know. Different. I don't know. I think apples and oranges. Yeah. Because but in I'm my opinion, if you're not, let's say, well, no. Listen, I'm in my opinion, I think it. you can be a lot more loose with uh, orchestral. Orchestral, because it's serving the story. Yeah. So what you're so the tempo and the BPS, <laughs> no BPM, and the BPM um, is varied. Yeah, but that's that's because there's because a conductor. The conducting. <laughs> and what? Yeah, like when you're doing the computer, what do you do? Do you do you go by tempo? Do you just because didn't you see some people who yeah who, some people they actually write it. they pre-select the tempo. They they make the tempo really and they play it over something like that I don't know I can't do that because I'm not I'm not pro enough you know it might be actually a good idea to play it let's say for example if you if you knew which one to play on the piano yeah and play your with your inflections and your and your um you know the tempo you want to play it through and then you can just over that overlay the rest of the instruments maybe that would be good. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. There's different yeah. ways, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so you know, I don't know. I used to learn. Uh, yeah, you had piano lessons. I had piano lessons when I was year? a kid. Year or two years, three years. Then you kind of stopped, didn't you? Yeah, and I stopped. Or what? Why because didn't like it? I just didn't like it. it. Was too, too much for me. But I I remember a few notes, but not really. So I can't read notes. But you can play though. You can play. I piano. can play, but I still don't know the chords well like you do, and I don't know all the other stuff. But you know, I'm trying to practice now. Mm-hmm. So someday I'd like to get a nice little mini MIDI, mm-hmm. MIDI, a mini, uh, MIDI. Key, a mini MIDI keyboard, so I can continue doing orchestral uh, stuff because I like that stuff. It's very, yeah. it's very cool. And I'm not going to show you any today, uh, <laughs> but I'd like to because I did this really cool Superman theme oh, yeah. based on Shirley Walker, who's another great composer that just had to die on us. It is unfortunate. Bad, she was a good composer. Yeah, she did all the Batman animated series. Uh, Superman animated series, lots of animated series, and uh, worked with Danny Elfman on the original Batman and stuff like that. And she did the best Batman theme. Oh no, the best Superman theme. The best Superman theme ever. I think the best Superman theme is John Williams's, I guess. Yeah, but the cartoon. Dun, 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 dun. I know, we all know that one, but the cartoon one. Which one? That's a great one. Yeah. I like the other Batman Superman, the one for Batman Superman Adventures. And it's a great little opening that she did for the double feature sort of TV show. Um, and it had, uh, so it started with like Batman. So it was like, it's just a flavor for Batman though. And you can hear the harp coming in. 
And then another horn comes in to harmonize. And then there's a tuba. No, not tuba. The trombone. Just rocking out down there. Yeah, yeah, it's for bass. It's kind of like the bass version of for the brass section. I'm joking. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then if you want even more bass, you get timpani drums. So good. By, oh yeah, Hans Zimmer's drum orchestra for Superman, Man of Steel. Oh man. Overkill. 95% drums. Yeah. And you don't even hear any of them. There's limitations. Anyway, that's the Superman theme that I yeah. like a lot. So I, so one day I was on a roll and I actually composed, composed with my air quotes, um, like a two, two and a half minute, uh, it's, I know Tim listened to it. He said it was a little sloppy and I agree. I mean, I'm no, I'm not, I don't know how to, how to manage these things, but, um, you know, just like full-on orchestral bravado, bravado the bravado, bravado returns. Yeah, of that theme because mm-hmm. I wanted to see it. I want to hear it expanded, and I used a little bit of Hans Zimmer's uh, bigness in there too. Huh? Do you remember, like at the end, especially yeah. he goes. Dun-dun. I remember. So someday I'll show it to you, but for now I won't. I won't. It's just too much for you guys. I just, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I might have to work on it a little more. Anyway, let's go back to some should. other composing. Um, for animated, done? do you really want to? I, I would talk about Adam Mencken, Howard Ashman. I know we're like baking in this heat; it's terrible, Howard. sweating. My brow. I guess okay. Let's talk about. Well, we'll have to do the speed speed run. Okay, but then we also have to answer some questions. Well, let's, do, let's answer questions then. Oh, but I want to talk about more composers. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So good. Okay, I'll, okay. How about this? I James will, Newton Howard. I will tell you when you James Newton Howard. I want to tell you. Okay. Okay, so no, I'm, saying, I'm saying I'll let you like you can tiff tiff to condense your. Okay, James Newton Howard, really cool. He uh, did a bunch of music. Have to fast. Nowadays he's normally, okay. So but... nowadays he's pretty sought after. Everybody loves him, and uh, he's always doing music. He did the, for the new King Kong 2005. You know that. He did Treasure Planet. He did Waterworld. Treasure Planet he did, was good. Um, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, he did. Uh, yeah, Treasure Planet. He's really apt at really punching uh, the the intensity of okay. some of his of some of the pieces. A big a big example of that is Treasure Planet when when they, he's like Doctor Doppler is like we're going to the spaceport, oh, yeah. right? That sounds like that sounds like Christopher Wal- uh, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. And what what happened with music? Um, and then he goes and it's just so loud it's like everybody's hammering at these things so much and then another one even worse in my not worse I like it I still like it I'm just saying like it's even more intense is for Atlantis Lost Empire Disney yeah James Newton Howard did that too when the ship go, when, when when the Nautilus or whatever they called it, and it's not the Nautilus, is it? It's like the oh, Atlantis. Crap, yeah, Atlantis. I thought you meant Treasure Island. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Um, Treasure Island. Hans Zimmer did a pirate music for Muppets Treasure Island. Sounds more mu- piratey than Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, anyway, but so we're not going to talk about Atlantis? that. You say Atlantis. Um, the ship when the ship embarks. Mm-hmm. There's another good theme that. Howard Shore. Howard Shore. <laughs> James Newton Howard. See, it's easy to James Newton Howard Shore. <laughs> it, when he uh, when it comes it goes down you have the theme and it goes mm-hmm. and then it goes up oh, wow. you know what it should do it should keep going up and then at the end it's just it does one of the one of the nicest tricks and I'm so glad this exists is 
you can just slow it down and make it and just have everybody play it louder. So it even sounds more massive, like Avengers. <laughs> Avengers did that. Like that. And then you can have other stuff overlaying that, like some woodwinds. The choirs. Or violins. You can do so much. Avengers did that too. It just just takes its time. Yeah. It sounds big. Cool. So that's, uh, what's the name? James John, Newton James Howard. Howard. He does a lot of that. He did Dinosaur too. Any other? Dinosaur, huh? Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Wanna, let's talk about Iron Man really quickly. Iron Man? Because I really hate how they change the score dun, in every dun, movie. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, okay. So, Raman Jawadi, he's a composer. I like he, the score he's a fresh Man. composer. He's not fresh on the scene, but he's just fresh in terms of people actually knowing him now. Yeah. Because. Game of Thrones. Two things I liked about the score. Well, one thing. Well, and then two we were things. just talking about Iron Man now from Raman Jawadi. Iron Man, yeah. yeah. One. I, the first time I heard of Raman Jawadi was for Blade Trinity in 2004. Uh, he did that, really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember I any of that music. music. Uh, but in Iron Man, a uh, cool thing is, one, uh, very... It uses the personality of Tony Stark's and again, I have music. To, I have to say, I'm sorry, Raman Jawadi comes from Hans Zimmer's... School. Yeah. He's from Germany. Ah. Uh, what's cool is that he uses the uh, Tony Stark flavor of music yes. which is you know Tony Stark is a big modern old school rock uh, yeah. head he likes what are they called Black Sabbath and stuff like that <laughs> Black no, Sabbath likes the him. character right yeah. so then it's incorporated because you know Iron Man is the cool superhero so to speak bam, you know I mean? and that's, that's what everybody thinks remember you go on YouTube Iron Man theme bam, 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 that's not the theme the theme is that's the Iron Man song dun, by Black Sabbath dun, 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 that's the, the yeah that's the Raman Jawadi one yes the one yeah and what's cool is that the, the it's, drums are incorporated. I remember when we watched the movie the first time, I was thinking the drums are too loud. But I think that's part of what makes it cool. Dun, 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 the drums bum, are, bum, are very prominent, bum, bum. and the oh, guitars are also in there. Yeah, and yeah, so lots that, of that. That's and it's electronic it, as well. It's a very processed uh, yeah, score. It is too, but like that's Hans what Zimmer adds does. to the score. Different yeah. from all the rest of the and superheroes. Goes, so, so the theme is basically dum bum 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 bum. That's that's the pleasant one. No, at the end, right? But the other one is. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, how's it go? Dun, dun. Not, not that one. That's no. like the rocker version. But there's the there's the kind of like the theme that. Pum 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 pum. Pum pum pum. Pum 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 pum. Pum pum pum. Dun 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 dun. Oh, the best is then. Yeah, that one. That one's good. Yeah, that's that's cool. I think, and and for some reason, all the film score buffs hate this soundtrack. They think it's repetitive and redundant. They always give it one star. But it works. And I listen to it. I don't understand. It works for the movie. It it's not like Pirates of the Caribbean one. And that's why the second Iron Man movie just took all that cool energy out of the score. And that's amazing because I thought John Debney, who worked with uh, John Favreau on uh, Mm -hmm. Elf, also a good score. Dun 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 dun. Bum ba dum bum ba. That's another thing about the two note thing. That 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 the four note thing. The. There's, uh, what was it, Polar Express did that? Oh, yes. Street, da, 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 and then there's uh, the Beauty and the Beast song uh, from Bells and Chan. No, it was the Christmas, the Beauty and the Beast sequel, yeah. video sequel. And then there's another So I love John Deb. I can, I can whistle better, by the way. <laughs> oh, I have bad. 
I, that's even worse. It's not like, like gizmo whistling. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's John. Uh, that's uh, Jerry Goldsmith. What were we talking about? He did the mummy. He did, Jerry Goldsmith plays right. everything. No, no, so no, no, no. he's good. Uh, Iron Man. We're Iron Man. And then Iron Man three. <laughs> okay, Iron Man two. John Debney. He's like I would say my top favorite. Oh. That's cool. Like overall top favorite, John yeah, Debney, because he's one of the guys that I would love to work with because he's he's he looks like he can do everything. He can though. Pretty it much. seems like it. Uh, like the, like again, some crappy movies that have good scores. Like my favorite Martian. I listened to that twice. It was so fun to listen to. Yeah, but but it's so good. It's like it has that mumbo style and has great score. He did Emperor's New Groove. That's not it. S'il vous plaît. No, no, he did Emperor's New Groove. Uh, oh, now that now, now you're talking Run Run Llama Run which is one of our favorite movies ever and Prince yeah and I put that box in another box and I smash it with a hammer it's brilliant brilliant I can't do it today I can't it's okay it's okay I need to do one I need to do one now that I'm a cronk easy for you right um uh the poison for goose goat goose growth poison right more broccoli more broccoli. Him, <laughs> Remember? Uh, no, he's got a point there. <laughs> he's got a point. Oh. No, how about this one? No, yeah, he's got a point there. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. <laughs> okay. Happy, happy birthday. See, they couldn't use happy birthday to you. Uh, okay, let's see. You want to read Is there anything else on about? this menu? I could do David Spade uh, once or twice. Yeah, I think... I, I wish I had that voice reel that I used to do, that I did before. Uh-huh. No, it's, it's gone. I have to do a huh. new one. You should do a new one. Eh, pacha. So good. No, really, I'm serious. That, yeah, so he does, he did that. Da, 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 da. There's, mm, an, there's nice. that score that still isn't released. We li- watched on that documentary called like Sweatbox, that, yeah. where Sting's in his jacuzzi and, Classic. Ta- and, and complaining about the wearies of the world. If anyone's gotten this far... Then yeah. we can plug that movie. But yeah, it's fun. It's good. It's so interesting. The sweatbox. It's, it's unreleased technically. So the story behind Not it. Technically, is the, the tiny story is that I think the condition was the Sting, the musician, his I wife his is a documentarian. You know his real name or no? Sting. I don't know. I forgot. But uh, he, uh, so okay, wa- the condition so okay. for him working on uh, Empire of the Groove, which was so temporarily okay. called Empire. Of the sun, of the sun, empire was of the that sun. his wife would kind of make this documentary about Sting so writing music for the movie. Four Wasn't just Sting though; he had a partner. Yeah, which I don't know his name. I know. I hate it when we I don't know. know the but names. we're not Mark Hamill. They were both making the music, and mm-hmm. the the cool thing about the documentary is that it was never released, but it's on YouTube. Yes, not, on no YouTube. Vimeo, Vimeo or YouTube. Sorry. Yeah, it's called the Sweat, Sweat Box, Box. And, they, and it's an excellent documentary. The only time they showed it was at a Disney. Or was it a film festival? Yeah, in 2002. In 2002 or something. So, but really interesting documentary because it's something you never get to see no. rarely about a failed movie. Yeah, about a failed which movie. Which was the Empire, Empire, of, Empire the of the Sun. Yeah, and it's cool. And there's, Empire he's featuring, of the Sun. like I said, Sting in his jacuzzi. 
thinking about what he has to write for the music. And he's so stressed out. But which makes sense because I would say I know it makes sense. We just like making fun of the fact yeah, that he's funny. in a jacuzzi. Well, because it's hilarious because like <laughs> in one scene it's let's we have to go visit Sting and talk about the music. Yeah. Oh, he's in his villa in Italy. Yeah. You know, and then riding next, a the horse. Next, the next time, uh, and the next time he's in Himalayas thinking about ideas. Yeah, in, in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in a hot spring with monkeys, oh, you know, in the forest. What am I going to do? This is the worst, the most miserable. But I, I have to say, I, I think. But it I understand. Been yeah, all coming com- from yeah. being in a band and writing your own yeah, music. Yeah, writing. And then knowing that all these things are getting taken out because exactly. the story, yeah. and it's changing, and you're writing all this music, like pouring your heart into it. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, John Denny, Sweat, the Sweatbox is the documentary. It's great. And there's this, and so in that documentary, there's another composer whom I forget the name of. He did music based on Sting's songs for yeah. the movie. So it was there is like, a good song. Though. There is a song. From so that it's like there is a song from that score though that's still surviving, right? Wasn't it? It wasn't featured on one of the. The CDs, wasn't it? Oh yeah, the yeah. There's there's a few songs from. What was that one? The duet. Uh, um, one day or something like that. She'll love me one day. Yeah, that that you can listen to. I'll that. say. That wasn't even Sting. I was trying to be Sting. I can't even do that. Yeah. My, I just yeah. So kick, yeah. so kick. Please go, Mrs. So kick. I can do that one. That's better. <laughs> so that music, yeah, there had more. The original music that was not featured in. One day was they used a lot more of that, didn't they? Yeah. Cool. I'll say, I wanted to say the score. Yeah, let's go. This other composer was writing the actual score based on the songs, like you know, Cusco. Oh yeah, dun, that's dun, what it was. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And he was incorporated in the, music. in the score, but John Demony came in later because he's apparently like the fixer-upper man. <laughs> you you call him when things go into trouble, and he just. Fixes up a really Wait, nice, up a perfect, a pretty good score, and you're done. So anyway, he did. Iron, he did another thing. Okay, Cutthroat Island. I have to say this movie. I hate it. I don't like it. Remember, it's we watched awful. it recently. Yeah, we watched it with a friend. Danny Chance is going to be next time. Yeah. Um. He, uh, the score for Cutthroat Island is so good and so great. It's so piratey and so massive. That's what part of it, but that goes. Really good. It's like the opposite of Pirates of the Caribbean, where Pirates of the Caribbean is very. This is just, this is excellence. Excellence. The movie? Not so much. Don't watch it. Listen to the music. <laughs> Cutthroat Pirates. And then he does another so- uh, score, Scorpion King. So good. Really? So fun to listen to. The score? Yeah. And and he incorporates the guitars, electric guitar yeah, in that. Scorpion King. That 2002, way before 300. And uh, he does it with taste and tact. It's not just... Which is good. Tart, 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 tart. You know, like like uh, three hundred, which goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one, this one actually just incorporates it with like the 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 the, the tempo, not the tempo, the uh, the the march. You know, like the beats of like let's say one of the best parts in the score is where he comes out of the sand. Okay, by the way, Scorpion King again, lame movie. I don't like it at all. So cheesy. It's like the McDonald's. The Acadian. Of, yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> But the score is like this. He comes out of the, the sand with the slow motion and the music goes... 
And it has guitar, but you don't really hear it so yeah. much. It's just. And then there's like this piano nice. chorus. It's cool. I could talk about this for so long. I can't help it. It's just so fun. I think we're going to have to wrap it up a bit. Okay, we're going to have to wrap it up soon. Uh, what else? Were we? Okay, so John Debney did Iron Man 2. That's where we were, that's where we were at. That's where we were at. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And I thought it was going to be great. And I thought he was going to keep the theme of, you know, that Ramajrati did yeah. for the first Iron Man. But he didn't. He made up some new, a new theme, theme. And I don't like it at all. I know. I'm afraid. It's not good. It goes like this. It goes like... And it goes... Sounds like National Geographic no, or something. No. National Geographic or a movie studio logo at the beginning yeah. of the movie. He did, speaking of which, for, for Scorpion King, he did, Studios, he, did a new, he did a new Universal Studios one, a new orchestration. It was really good. Oh, yeah. I wish I had it. It was great. Didn't they change it? They have this standard now, isn't it? I Didn't they change it or no? I don't know. A little bit? No? Well, they changed the logo, obviously. Yeah, I know. Um... Okay, so that's that. And then Iron Man 3 comes out, which was done by Brian Tyler, who is another good composer. And he's also one of those guys music. who are like well to do. Like, I love oh, that they, you know, you, have you seen Bubba Hotep? You haven't. No. Bruce Campbell movie. Fairly, fairly decent. I thought it was pretty mm. fun. Fun, I guess. Yeah. It's all right. A little melancholy at the end because it's like about old guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Guy, you know, Elvis impersonator saying he is Elvis or maybe he is Elvis. And then John F. Kennedy impersonator. Pretend thinking he's John F. Kennedy, but he's black. He's like, John F. Kennedy was black. <laughs> so they are going, and then their um, old people home is uh, being haunted by this scary uh, Egyptian mummy. Hmm. And so he has to take care of business, huh. Elvis and John F. Kennedy. And so Brian Tyler mm-hmm. did the music for, for that. And because the budget was so small, he did it himself. So they couldn't afford an orchestra or anything. He did himself. I love that when composers would do big music for big movies. Like Brian Tyler did stuff like Thor 2 mm-hmm. and he did Fast and the Furious 3 or something like that. Big movies, fairly good scores and stuff. And he, and he did Iron Man 3 as well, which I was going to talk about. Iron Man 3. Did you want to say something about it? I remember yeah. just the ending. The, the, one, the little jazzy thing. Mm-hmm. It works so well for the film now that I understand the film, but I was pretty disappointed in, in the film. Yeah. How did it go? Like he goes. The organ. He goes. Didn't we do a little little sample? Real sample. Which I'll show you later. So anyway, okay, I can, I can, okay. As you I think know, we have to, we have to wind okay. it down a okay. bit. Okay, wind it down. Because we kind of, uh, you know. <sighs> yeah. John, so, let's yeah. go back to John Powell with uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Back to How to Train Your Dragon. We figure out the theme for Iron Age. Ice Age. You're going to do it? You're going to do it. That's the one. That was it. Oh. Bum bum bump bump bum 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 bump ba dum bum dun 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 You don't remember that? Sounds like the Sims. 
Dun 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 dun. Theme. Kind of, yeah. Is there something else? There's another theme. You, you you don't remember the trombone blasting away? Oh well, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, one more thing. Matrix. Don Davis. Have to mention oh, that. I was going to yeah. mention that. That score. One, two, and three. They're so good, and they're so excellent. And Don Davis is the man, and he did Dress Break Three as well. All right. That's fine. Um, but We're coming back to the Matrix. But yeah, going back to the Matrix. So it's great. I, I like how people say Matrix is a themeless thing. It, no, it's not. It's it definitely has a theme. Wham, Yep. Wham, wham. But it's good because it's, it, the whole point was this reflection. Then, Real world Matrix. Yeah, and it, and it has a lot of different themes. The Trinity, the Trinity Neo love theme. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I love the I love the oh. da, 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 da. Ooh, yeah. Just gets you right in the mood. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, so, so if anyone wants to listen to really good scores, listen to those. And All we, three. We can't forget though the instrument that I don't know what the name of it is, but it's used extensively in the Matrix, which is this little metal Yeah, that little of, me- uh, metal contraption with little steel rings, rods. Steel, steel rings, yeah. essentially. And you use it almost like a violin. Yeah, you use a violin bow. Uh, yeah. And you go Kind of scrape it across. And yeah, it yeah, like this a, very and it creates a real sound. Yeah, that cool metallic sound, which is prominent in Alien Three as well. Really? Yeah. And then oh, yeah, three. Sorry, I said Alien One. No. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. I think that's um, good stuff. Okay. Good stuff. Well, I could talk even more, but it's been while. We're reaching so. the two-hour mark here, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, you know, movie scores. I like. I like that stuff. It's cool. Great. I mean, like, yeah, I think it's cool. I, I forgot. Uh, I was. I, I mentioned Michael Kamen. I, I want to talk about Michael Kamen. Michael Kamen. So good. Michael Caine. No, it's Michael Kamen. I know, I know. Yeah, he does some good good scores as well. Uh, Baron Munchausen. Uh, Baron Munchausen, yes. Iron Giant, uh, Die Hard, um, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. No, I'm just kidding. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And then Last Action Hero. The be- I, I love that part. Oh, no. Oh, that's so good. I, I See, people should appreciate these. This is so good. Last Action bow, Hero is bow. one of the underrated movies of the world. Yeah. Frank Ireland had an idea to do a remake. Really? Obviously, we, we no, no, a sequel. But so do we. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. I, I think that'd be sweet. I'm too um, old for this. And it's great because then you can make jokes about Arnold Schwarzenegger modern saying because yeah. the modern movies love to always hammer the stupid Expendables. Point that, that I'm that. too old. Yeah. Oh, my back isn't ready for the. Like, it's like you know. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, that's a very bad. All right. So there's a lot of things I didn't tap. Uh, you know, on to like like I didn't talk about Troy, which I would have talked about with Gabriel Yared's the score, original tri- the original tri- the original yeah score Gabriel Yared's the yeah. before James Horner came in. It's 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 adequate, but it's not as good as as I heard some of that. Yeah, what was his name? Gabriel Yared. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Okay, oh, we got thirty seconds before two hours. We got okay, okay. So let's just get this over with. I should have started this at the beginning, but we got a little sidetracked with movie scores because I like movie scores. Um, I want to talk. I need to let's answer some questions. Answer some questions. Let's do this, man. Let's open the mail. Answer some questions. Mail. Bag, mail bag. Let's open the mail bag. I know we got a we got a letter, but that someone said I was I was told that Tim should be that Tim is supposed to be a default mail reader. But most of these are directed at me, so I'd rather yeah. Okay, just do it right now and get it over with. Let's read some questions from our mail bag. Oh crap! No, no. 
Uh, Frank Ireland wanted us to talk about some. What do you want to talk about? Like, what countries wanted you want to visit? What countries have you visited? Okay, uh, we can't do it now. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's been too. It's gonna hours. be because we have to get in the mood for that. We have yeah, to, like, and it's we're, we're already baking in this horrible like, air conditionless hot. heat. So we're not we're not copping out. We'll do it another time. But now we've been talking about <laughs> other <laughs> stuff, <laughs> and it's uh it's it's been pretty long already. So yeah, any any questions you can answer quickly? Yeah, like, let's let's just, look like, for simple this. stuff for or this. something. Um, <laughs> dogs. You mean dogs? Yeah, no. so people are wondering, if you get a solo episode, does Jake get one as well? Oh, yeah, I heard, yeah. Like, Frank was also, like, asking about that. I, I don't know. I mean, like, to be honest, uh, nothing in particular um, I have in mind. Um, yeah. Maybe, like, sometime, but I think just, like, completely just whatever, you know? Yeah, there's nothing, no. like, anytime soon. Will that lead to Tim having his own episode? Oh, yeah. Who's not our, who's not, he's not, he's not, like, he's not an official member. He's a guest member. Yeah. He's, <laughs> whoops. He's a guest member. <laughs> Was that an alien? <laughs> Our most featured guest. Yeah. Yeah. Who will probably be on again sometime. So I got I got one question. Which this this works so well. Which composer would you like to do the score of a hypothetical movie of yours? Well, this is a great question because it ties in with what we've been talking about this whole time. This is a good one. Okay. So this is how we're gonna end this. This. Okay. We're gonna end it like this. Number one, John Debney. He can do everything, like I said, in my opinion, but I feel like he's been sought after so much, and it feels like he's he's just been doing this work for so long, it feels like could be a little fatigued, and it just feels like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I was going to have a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you John know. Debney would have been my number one, universally speaking. But I found someone else who is really good at adapting uh, different styles and making a very full and broad uh, orchestral thing. And his name is Christopher Leonards. You might have not heard about him because he, he does he music for do video games mu- yeah. and uh, movies Bond. that are frankly not very good. But the scores for the movies are far and beyond so much, so undeserving. You know, yeah. Like this is this is like so on. Un- so anyway, he did um, music for epic movie. I, I can't even say this. Epic, epic movie. Yeah, epic movie. Um, <sighs> vampires suck. Yeah, but the scores are good. But the movies yeah, but the are scores awful. are good. And then he did and meet the Spartans. Which is, these are all those dumb parody movies, right? Yeah, which I would never watch in my life. And then he did uh, music for Hop, which is a CG animated movie with the bunny that drums. Came out like two years ago. Hmm. Then he and and then also Energizer another another sponsored. parody, which which does which doesn't work. And it's like a it's like a football movie, sports movie. But the score is so good. Dun, 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 dun. No, sorry, that was wrong. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. No, it's like can it beat the all American favorite Rudy? That's Jerry Goldsmith. It was really good too. Makes you feel like you can do anything. Yeah, so he did scores for all these, and he also did for some video games. I think that's predominantly what like James Bond, like James Bond, Quantum of Solace, which is really good, and it's nice to listen to. And you have that he does he uses a lot of the. Wah, wah. 
And I've heard enough from Chris Flanitz to believe that he can do anything. Um, yeah. So cool. I would I would definitely want him Sweet. to do most of the music. I think it sounds um, pretty good. But other than that, everybody else will be. I would love to work with every composer differently. Every every different composer. It's great. Yeah. Michael Giacchino is pretty good too. He's very. I like I like his classic uh, style. Giacchino. Very right, mm-hmm. Incredibles. Oh yeah. Up. Is he like the king of so far? Like the king of Pixar scores? Like I mean, by that I mean like the longest. No, Randy Newman. Randy Newman, of course. Randy Newman <laughs> playing the piano. So fun, he did a good job with Monsters University. I liked it. This is the best part. I forget how it goes. And then it has a snare jump. And then we have a song not by Randy Newman that goes like this. Yeah, so that's it. I would I would love to work with Elliot Goldenthal. I would love to work with Elliot Golden Thighs and Don Davis because he's he hasn't been doing much these days. It's kind of true, yeah. Not hot. Well, well, he's been working on Matrix Four. You see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Hans Zimmer. Uh, you see, everybody wants to work with Hans Zimmer. He's a whole chapter. Like you could talk about him, Hansy. Yeah, Hansy. I like. Yeah, to make but I think movies. I think we're pretty good. Any other questions, or is that it? Is that kind of the whole? Um, I guess we're gonna have to move the other questions for next time. I can't believe we chatted this long about something so arbitrary that no one cares about. I wonder. Yeah, I will. I will be. It'll oh, be very you can curious now write in the comments. It'll be very curious. Yeah, that's right. We have a Facebook. Yeah, because we're so hip and yeah, we have a Facebook page because oriented. we decided to do that because we wanted more interaction. Because like, it'd be people. cool if basically Tim like, suggested it pretty much. Tim kind of was pushed like, it, yeah. you guys got a Facebook. We're like, no. Yeah. And then we figured like it'd be cool if you guys could maybe like if you want to, obviously. I mean, if you press that like button, which some of you did, which is really cool. So you get automatic. It would updates. be sweet if you guys could, you know, if you want to, you know, like type some stuff if you listen and be like, uh, I totally think you agree with this or totally not agree. Or like, you know, I, I listen to scores exactly. or whatever, you know. So if you listen to scores, just type in like, I listen to scores. Oh, again, I forgot to talk about Howard Shore what? and his crazy horror movies music. Howard Shore. Uh, hmm? Yeah. What? He did Silence of the Lambs. What? Clarice. No, that's... The- Howard Shore? Yes. He did a bunch of Cronenberg movies. Huh. Silence of the Lambs. Um, I think he did Naked Lunch. I don't remember. But he also did um, The Fly. Huh. Brendel Fly. Uh, the remake? Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. But yeah. The weird man. That <laughs> movie. So gross. Yeah. That's that's, so that's, gross. that's David Cronenberg. That's that's what he does. Gross things. That's gross. Anyway, yeah, so weird. you can now comment on the Facebook and hopefully it might be a little useful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and then and then of course Howard Shore's newest stuff, which would be cool to talk about. Twilight. But you know that's right, he did <laughs> Twilight Three, Breaking Dawn, Breaking Wind. <laughs> Yes, Twilight. 
Vampire Suck has a better theme than all the Twilight themes. I know, it's it, crazy. Just like, any, just like Iron Man, Twilight had so many different themes. And I don't know any of them because I didn't listen to them. I know one As I shouldn't, theme. really. And then Harry Potter. Remember how many different composers were over Harry Potter? Harry Potter, I would say, has some pretty good music, though, to be honest. What do you think? Yeah, dun, 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 good music. Because, again, it works for the movie. I like that. There's a track that is really cool and it has like violins going all over the place. Well, and also, forget How about this one? It's great. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice, you know. Wait. We always remember the last half. Where's the beginning? I don't know. Oh, it's okay, it doesn't matter. And then, uh, it's too good. I think it's like a lot of that stuff in Harry Potter, I mean, like. You know, it, it works for the movie and it, it feels Harry Potterish. And I think that's that's the thing. If a, if a, if a score can do that, yeah, then you go cool. You know, thumbs up because some scores, unfortunately, just don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it also depends on the quality of the film. Like you said, some crappy movies can have amazing scores. Some amazing movies can have some just have like you know, scores. just not good. What's a good example of an amazing movie with a bad score? It's hard because, like, a really bad score, like what, <laughs> like something so terrible? I don't know. Because it's difficult to say, like, you know. Like you were talking about Batman Begins, but I, I, I am on the fence on the Batman Begins. I wouldn't say that's a bad score. What about I mean? Dark Knight Rises? There she, there she. Oh, Dark Knight Rises. Basara, basara, there she. I mean, I guess it works. Basara, basara, there she, there she. Basara, basara, there she, there she. Basara, basara. We can just stop there and just trail off. Okay. <laughs> No, you you can just go bum bum. Okay, I think that's it. I I, we're, we're so done. bad. We're so unceremonious with our endings. Endings. Bum bum. Because I don't know how to even end. You know, like what. How about this one? I hope you have a great rest of the day. I hope it's not as hot as it is Whatever here. you're doing or wherever you're going, have we a good hope one. you have a good rest of the day. Yeah. Like, subscribe, iTunes.